Okay. I was just checking this out. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I know. I feel like a lot of pressure now because I decided. No. I decided. 421st episode. Look. <laughs> well, look. I decided. They're, they're still with us now. I decided I was going to do anything. A, it's an, like, there's right. even no pressure on. Jason's done enough. I was gonna, J- Jason's done more episodes of this than most people do of regular podcasts. <laughs> so. I, I was going to uh, do an impersonation of my dad. Ah. Then I realized, can I possibly sustain that for more than two words? And I thought, no. Well, let's see. Can I even remember how to do it now that I'm... If in doubt, do my dad. <laughs> okay. First of all, imagine being very attracted to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no problem. Oh. Turn the whole show into a nightmare. <laughs> Keeping the Oedipus in Christmas. <laughs> now I'm thinking I want to see a Christmas special called the Oedipus. Oedipus Christmas. Oedipus Christmas? Yeah. What am I going to get my mom? <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Looked everywhere. I can't see a thing. <laughs> All right. Forget it. You're going to do this. <laughs> well, hello. Yeah, no, I can't do it. I have to, it has to be more spontaneous and I can't. Okay, be spontaneous then. I can't be spontaneous. All right. It's too late for that. Hi, everyone. No, forget it. <laughs> Let me start again. Wow. <laughs> I'm suffering some right. performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so is that an impression of you, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was me. Oh, in, in all situations in life. Here we go. Hey, Dave, it's Christmas again. It took so long. It went around the calendar. <laughs> went around the calendar. <laughs> okay. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Stinky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Hi, and I'm Mr. Dedrick <laughs> David's dad. <laughs> what, what an impersonation. I enjoy turkey and doing <laughs> barbershop protect <laughs> down by the old middle stream. Hey, David, it's Let's... the first time I've listened to your podcast. What's this all about? It's <laughs> about it. Let's bring in someone who can do a better Am I related to father. this gentleman? Everyone, we are joined. This is a Dedrick Family Boxing Day, as you can tell from Ian's impersonation of my father, as his normal Boxing Day voice would indicate. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to celebrate fully, and this is actually Boxing Day we're recording on, my cousin, another Dedrick, Jason has joined us. Jason Dedrick is here today. Hooray! Well, hello! Thank you, gentlemen, <laughs> for <laughs> letting me into this. The dulcet tones of uh, Ian Boothby and David Dedrick once again regale the populace of the earth with their witty banter. <laughs> and would you say it's? Would you say we should get ready to rumble at this point? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the sad thing about the Dedricks. If you said, you know what you sound like? You sound yeah. like the "Let's Get Ready to Rumble" guy. No idea, right? They would never be able to do it. No, they, they would, would never able, understand. They would know what you're talking about. Just do what you're doing, but say, "Let's get ready to rumble" and really uh, pull it out there. Well, Jason, I'm not going to be bothered with that kind of nonsense. Huh? What, what kind doing? of a yeah? <laughs> What? Huh? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Why would I even bother? Hey, David, let's let's hear a review uh, that your dad would write for Sneaky Dragons. <laughs> Sneaky Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be it. Well, I think this is something my son does. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but uh, he's been doing it for a while. Meh. <laughs> Half a star. Have you? Did you listen to it? No, I didn't bother. I just thought I'd say that about it. It's good enough. 
Well, if it isn't Dave showing up again. Okay. So I guess what I get when I show up at Here's home. Here's my review of Baby Baby Jesus. Yeah. All right, my review of Baby Jesus. Yes. One star. Well, quite a good joke there. I'm going to turn around my review of the show and give it two stars. <laughs> oh, now you're going a little... A little WC Fields. <laughs> oh, a little WC Fields. <laughs> it slips into that so easily. In fact, now, I was, I've never really asked, but is your father WC Fields? Hey, my father is my little chickadee, as he calls my mom. Out of my way, boy, you bother me. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I love that. Did W.C. Fields ever do uh, A Christmas Carol? Because, by gosh, that's... No, he was in a Dickens movie. He was uh, played macabre in uh, The Great Expectations. That's correct, yeah. Mm. But that was his one kind of serious... Now I'm wondering, in Rich Little's... Okay, here's where we... uh, Three old guys talking some shit. All the young people go, what? Um, The uh, Rich Little Christmas special, he clearly would have done W.C. Fields in that. I'm just trying to think what character W.C. Fields would have been in the rich little uh christmas carol well i have special. to say my my i would think fezziwig would be oh. like a natural one for that but i'm thinking okay. i would prefer it if it was jacob Mar- marley okay. i would think he would be the ghost of christmas present mankind was oh, my that business is a possibility ghost, ghost of christmas present come in man and know me better <laughs> don't get too close you know, that kind of a yeah the very first okay the very first image that comes up when i look it up is him doing wc fields no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to look this up on Wikipedia. You guys vamp. We'll vamp. vamp. Between, we'll vamp between Well, this. thank you, gentlemen, for having me back. You've done this show many times. Hey, Dave. shut up. Here's what. Uh, <laughs> here's who uh, plays <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge. We got vamp. It's Rich Little doing W.C. Fields. Oh, he's Ebenezer oh, Scrooge. Scrooge. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that does but that's make very sense. Mr. Magoo. All right, let me, let me go. Because Mr. Magoo is very close to... Uh, W.C. Fields Let me well. go down the list, and uh, you tell me what impressions, knowing Rich Little, okay. and, and it has to be a one that Rich Little would do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Would, would do. So, who's playing Bob Cratchit? And I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. We've actually put up a special of this gentleman recently. Oh, so he's Paul Lind? As, Paul Lind <laughs> as Bob Cratchit. Wow. I was going to say Jimmy Stewart. Okay. 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 Right. So, uh, as... Paul Lind... Okay. Okay. Basically, yeah. There you go. Very good. I'm so cold. Have you seen my tiny Tim? I take him out on Christmas. Um, that's why he's so tiny. It's very cold out. Uh, so anyway, uh, I love women. Um, I always, you know what? I always thought that. Like Frankie Howard, the British comedian, uh-huh. who's very campy, mm-hmm. you know, and it would. Uh, that would play on that kind of double entendre stuff. And I always thought, it's strange that it's not an American equivalent, but I totally forgot about Paul Lind as being that American equivalent of a camp Ooh, character. you're right, yes. Yeah. Would, you all, would you also count uh, like a Charles Nelson Riley? Charles Nelson Riley, I guess, but I don't think he's really as well known. I mean, Charles Nelson Riley was, I guess, a, a game show character, but he wasn't really like a... A performer that you would see. Love boat performer. Was he on what about boat? Alan Seuss? Alan Seuss. There's your your three horsemen of the three gay horsemen <laughs> of the apocalypse. How did he sound? Uh, oh, he was sort of sort of similar to Paul Lynn, but I just remember he would ring the bells on uh, on uh, Laughing. I'm gonna ring your little bell. And that that is, oh, oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. But he was a heavy set guy. Yeah, he was a big guy. He was sort of yeah. more of a Jim J. Bullock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very nice. Okay, so okay. Uh, playing Fred. Mm. Playing Fred. Who would you say? Playing Fred. Cousin Fred. Cousin or nephew Fred. Nephew Fred. Fred. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, Jimmy Stewart, I believe, is in this. Yes, he is, but he was Dick Wilkins. Oh. oh sorry about that. Jimmy Stewart so is now off Fred, the board, everybody. Fred. Cousin Fred would be... Okay, he's got to be someone who's kind of youngish. Nope. 
No, he's not young. No. He was a he was a middle aged guy at the at the time. The clue is Rich Little did him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's gonna be really old. And so it's gonna be so it's a, gonna be uh, You would often see Rich Little with this gentleman in real life ah, on the television. It's gonna be Bob guess. Hope. Huh? Bob Hope? Yeah. Nope. Oh, it's going to be Johnny Carson. Absolutely, oh, that 100%. Johnny Carson. Okay. Fantastic. He's going to come in and say, oh, uh, Uncle uh, Ebenezer, I'm here to... <laughs> oh, I like where this is going. Okay. So the two solicitors for the poor. Oh, okay. Now it's got to be a comedy duo. Who is that going to be? A comedy duo? Right? That both can be oh, portrayed... Oh, Hope and Crosby, I guess, would both be Both can be portrayed of... by... Nope. Really? Both both, the, both can be portrayed by uh, Rich Rich uh, Little. Did he do Abbott and Costello? No, sir, he did not. That would have been a lot of effort to do that. Oh, so another been... famous comedy duo. <laughs> Maybe... and Hardy? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. A lot of time. Oh, yeah, I guess that's... We're moving yeah. on now to Jacob Marley, everybody. Jacob Marley, Jacob Marley has to be someone that you'd meet in hell. <laughs> someone you'd meet Richard in hell. Richard Nixon. Be... Absolutely. It oh. is Richard Nixon. <laughs> I knew was kind was my <laughs> These tapes I, I forged in life. <laughs> Just covered in tapes. I bet yeah. he is covered yeah, in yeah, tapes. That's good. what it's got. It won't have Jacob Marley to kick around anymore. <laughs> so, uh, Ghost of Christmas Past. I am not a ghost. Okay. Um. <laughs> that's the line. That's, that's the <laughs> no, I am not a spook. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, so, Ghost of Christmas Past. Ghost of Christmas Past. Mm. Kind of a tough guy. I'll give you Oh, that James one. Cagney. Nope. Edgar John Robinson? Wayne. Nope. Not Robinson? Not Cagney? Nope. <laughs> Clint Eastwood? Nope. Damn. No, he wouldn't do Clint Eastwood. He wouldn't do Clint Eastwood? Not then. Bogart. Not then. No. Yes, sir. Oh, Bogart. Oh, oh there you go. Bogart. Okay. Shoot. We've already got Dick Wilkins. That's off the board. So who was uh, Dick Wilkins? I can't think who Dick Jimmy Wilkins. Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. But who was, I can't remember the character, Dick Wilkins. Yeah, I don't know. Is that his, like his buddy? No. Yes, his buddy yes. at Fezziwigs. No, that's Jacob Marley, isn't that his no, buddy? No, Jacob Marley's after Fezziwigs. Yeah, oh. we're at Fezziwigs right now. Oh, so. okay. Speaking of which, who is Fezziwig? Okay. Hmm. Hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this clue. Okay. Someone Dave and I have talked about <laughs> considerably. I would say way too fucking much. Okay, so that's oh, what we know. Way too much. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> but we have talked about this person. So this is playing Fezziwig. Playing Fezziwig. Who is Rich that? Little portraying? Groucho Marx. Fe- yes, sir. Oh, that is absolutely right. That's right. Then you yes. All right, so now we're moving on. We're moving on to, oh, <laughs> so f- by the way, Mrs. Cratchit. Did Mrs. he do Mrs. Cratchit? Now, he's got a very limited range of women he can yeah. do. Carol yeah. Janney. No, good guess. <laughs> Remember when we killed her last year? Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, but he can do, he can do uh, this, uh, this person fairly well. And they were, uh, they were a television star. Okay, so uh, that was also some Broadway, but no, he did not do B. Arthur. <laughs> do but it was a very popular television star. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. Mm, who was like in the number one TV show for 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 a while? No, there. I'm thinking a different different person. Like Lucille Ball? No, no, sir. It would be in the 70s. That oh, this was, was, show was so uh, popular. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore? No, no. Nice guess though. Nice guess though. This was a show that uh, sometimes raised social issues. Social issues. So, you know, B. Arthur was not the worst guest. Oh, yes. He would have done uh, Gene Stapleton as Archer. Uh, as? as uh, Edith Bunker. Correct. Ah. Correct. <laughs> oh, Archie. Stifle Cratchit. All right. I remember uh, seeing a um, Jim Carrey special once where the two jammed and Jim Carrey played 
Carol O'Connor, and, uh, uh, and okay. uh, he played Gene Stapleton. It was not a great special. Um, <laughs> Just off the topic of that one, but back onto that one. Was yes, that that 1984 special? I believe so, where he, he went like, this is the new Rich Little. Right. Like, well, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You will continue, sir, to be the Rich Little. <laughs> and your hair will stay the same color. Forever. I saw it in person once. It was black as sin. Of course. It, like, you, you just fell into his hair. It was, it was so dark. so convincing. <laughs> you couldn't not look at his hair, and literally, there was a naked woman on stage there as well. And I was like, I can't not, I can't not look at the hair. Um, wow. And when you came on the other side, you were in hell. <laughs> when Norm MacDonald interviewed yeah. him on either Norm MacDonald's podcast That's correct, or yeah. Norm MacDonald has a show. I think yeah. it was the podcast. I think he also was on Norm MacDonald has a show. I think. Maybe he was. But okay. Norm dyed his so. hair but didn't say anything about oh. it. Oh. His hair was jet black before it. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, that's kind of a shitty slash funny slash not funny. Wow, I, I, could I like figure it. out what it was. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, going to the Ghost of Christmas Present. This is a character that uh, Rich Little would do at the drop of a hat. I know you know him as Nixon, but like he would do this character <laughs> and 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 Johnny Carson. So we're taking those off the table. Okay. Right. But this is someone he would do like that. So it's John not Wayne, a president. Not John a president. Wayne. Oh nope, John Wayne. Nope, not John. No, Wayne. Not John. Oh no, it's going to be Ed Sullivan. John Wayne was one of the <laughs> Ed three. Sullivan. John Wayne was one of the three businessmen. So that one's that one's gone. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't say that. No, I'm saying that right now oh. to you, that John Wayne, because you've mentioned John Wayne, so he was one of the three businessmen. Oh, the later on in Yeah, it. we haven't gotten oh, to that when, yet. At, at the stock exchange. Right, I'm, right, pulling, right. I'm pulling that off, okay. uh, off the board. So, uh, Ghost of Christmas Presents, someone that he liked to do. Uh, he, this is per, a person who, in the 70s, was both a uh, television uh, star yeah. and a film star. More television, but he did do a bit of film and do some quite good films. Wow. Hmm. Dean Martin. No. No, uh, Dean Martin was not really a TV star in the seventies, wasn't he? I yeah, he had, the, he had the TV specials. The... Well, he would he would occasionally do. I mean, he yeah, had a series, a, a series actually. Did he? What was his uh, TV series? Like the Dean Martin show in the seventies? Yeah, all right, super popular. Good. Yeah, all right. I think that's where he made most of his money. Very good. I apologize then. <laughs> I mean, besides through real estate. All right, this person, I'll give you this. Very well with real estate. Uh, uh, did not have a had a regular show, but it was not on every week. It would be on, you know, occasionally. <laughs> okay. Occasionally. It would. It was in Peter a rotating... S- that is correct. Oh, absolutely. As Columbo. Ghost one more question. One more question. Uh, one more question. <laughs> that's absolutely correct. Get who you're man and know me better. <laughs> Tiny Tim. Now, you've mentioned many characters that uh, were Paul Lin-esque uh, back in the day. Here's someone else uh, that, uh, say, a Johnny Carson would slap his gay joke into. Would be uh, this person. So uh, Tiny Tim was 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 played by uh, what impression? I w- I'm going to say Tiny Tim. That is not that is not <laughs> correct, but that is a good guess, <laughs> yeah, excellent good. guess, and probably a better guess. <laughs> this is an author. Oh, oh Truman Capote. Yes, you're right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Okay. All right. So traditionally a non-speaking role. Yeah. Traditionally, really. so you'd need someone who could do slapstick. Mm. So Charlie Chaplin would be there. No, Charlie Chaplin is not. This would be someone who was who was starring in movies at that time as this character, who was kind of a slapsticky character. Mm. Many sequels to Peter uh, Sellers. Correct as Inspector Clouseau. Yes, sir. All right, now we're going to those three businessmen at the end. We've got John Wayne. Okay. Now we're just going to burn off impressions now. Like who hasn't he done so far (laughs) that he would always do? 
Yeah, oh. then Ed Sullivan. Uh, yeah. And by the way, we can also throw in the boy, whoever the boy is. And by the way, the boy was not played by a character who's a boy. Yeah. So we got three businessmen and a boy. Let's just burn off uh, impressions that Rich Little would do. So Ed Sullivan, I think, is a good guess. Nope. Really? Oh. No, a uh, very good guess, yes, mm. but no. Ed, Ed did not make it into this. I apologize. And what year was the Rich Little Christmas special? I forget. Uh, it was uh, 1979. 79. Uh, but uh, in 1963, Rich Little released the LP Scrooge and the Stars, mm. which uh, was an inspiration for this. Okay. And uh, Scrooge and the Pooch. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, uh, Rich Little portrayed Scrooge as another a miser. Uh, who, oh, Jack uh, Benny, of that course. That was correct. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna turn over the cards on that one. Jack Benny plays the boy in this one. Okay, oh, that's a good that's oh, a good, right. good one. So we need two more impressions <laughs> to burn things out. Burn 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 them all the way out. Here all we go. Right. Who else? Who one else? is a comedian and one is a dramatic actor. Well, I keep guessing Bob Hope. And nope. I'm not getting. Nope. Didn't do Bob Hope at all for this. Nope. Oh. This was someone who was uh, an old timey actor, had a television series, but was having a resurgence in the seventies. And everyone was uh, enjoying him. This is oh, the comedian. Milton Berle. No. Ah, Milton Berle did not have a resurgence in the 70s. He didn't? I don't think, I don't think so. This person definitely did. Oh, George a, Burns. Absolutely be correct. George Burns. Oh, that is they, correct. Right, especially at that time with Oh God and, and uh, style. And let's, let's now have the, the, final, the final one. This is the final of the businessman. Final of the businessman. That's right. That's right. It's going to be a voice. Now, I'm going to tell you, I yeah. think of John Biner when I think of this voice more than I think of uh, Rich Little. This is one that he would do uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's not the hardest voice in the world to do. It's hmm. kind of fun. Uh, in fact, I'll give you this clue. All right. It was also an impression done by Donald Duck at one point. <laughs> Donald Duck. What? When Donald Duck gets his voice fixed. Yeah. James Mason. Absolutely oh. right. James <laughs> Mason. And we have, thank you very much. <laughs> done and done. And it was done for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Of course it was. Yes. Of course it was. And I remember loving it at the time. Oh, oh me too. Me yeah. too. And yeah. and uh, I remember that the production value was quite spectacular on it. Like it was one of those things where you said, "I need to shoot on a set like this." Well, okay, a young ten-year-old okay. Jason Dedrick. <laughs> I must when I finally do my special, <laughs> the special as big as me. <laughs> I will have a set like this. And wow. then you break out the James Mason impression. That's right, Mason Dedrick. <laughs> it's my alter ego. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much so no, that if if you I'm a big fan the- of James Mason because he found Buster Keaton's films. Hidden in his house that he bought. Oh, he broke it. Yes. Under the pornography. It had a... Cause the pornography of Buster Keaton. Well, Buster Keaton had a... Of course, room. it was a different person called Buster Keaton, but... He had a he had a hidden room where the projector was kept so that you... Ah. And so people didn't know about it because that's... You didn't want to, you know, advertise we have a bunch of machinery in the house. And uh, in that room that was... It was, I guess it was wallpapered over. The doorway was wallpapered over mm. over time, and uh, but it had all of Buster Keaton's movies in there. Buster Keaton is dead at this point. No, oh no, Bus- Buster Keaton was walled up in the. The, uh, the, un- <laughs> the unfortunate part of the story is that Mason found all his movies and he returned them to Buster Keaton. Right, and Buster Keaton took them and he just threw them into his carport. So they sat outdoors in the sun in cans, slowly emol- turning because they're all they're all yeah. highly flammable. And they started to rot there. Wow. And so many of them were lost just sitting in his carport. It wasn't until another guy came along and went, you know, you're it's really valuable. <laughs> and he took them all and he, he preserved them. Yeah. Sad. 
That's the saddest story saddest I've ever story. heard. I should have left them in my wall. But I'm, I do think that James Mason was a hero for finding those films. Good for Insane James much. Mason. Good for James this Mason. This is the thing about uh, how also, influential that special was yes. uh, to at least me and Jason. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Those are all impressions we can do, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, we've locked into those. That's 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 in the repertoire thanks, right in there. Thanks for discounting me from being able to do those. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah, no, I don't no, know. Uh, how to no, do I'm not a huge... I mean, I do like impressions, but I'm never the sort of person... I'm just too shy to do them, really. I'll do oh. them in the car. When I'm driving, I will do impressions. Sometimes, yeah. I'll be in the shower. I'll do one. I'll go, God damn it. Damn it. That is Bob from Bob's Burgers. I, I got it. You've got to really go back of the throat. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. It's a real You're tough go one. Way back. So what would you say? I'm going to trivia you guys one more time. Mm. What would you say is the earliest adaptation for in film of A Christmas Carol? Oh, it's what, got to be silent films. So. Yes, you, oh wait, it's completely silent film. I'm going to guess. What year are you going to guess? And let's see who gets closest. And the one who gets closest gets some wassail. I'm going to guess 1921. 1921. Uh, Jason, what do you think? I'm going to say 1915. 1915. Jason, you are closer, but I'm wow. going to go even uh, farther back. Uh, let's see which one of you gets closest, knowing that it's earlier than 1915. Back to you, Jason. <laughs> what do you want to say now? 1912. 1912. D- David, what do you think? I'm going to go 1908. 1908. Again, I say to you both, uh, too late. <laughs> I've got to go really? back even farther. I'm going oh back over gosh. now to David. It's earlier than 1908. What are you going to guess, sir? Uh, I guess 1901. I can't. I 1901. Can't. What are you guessing, Jason? <laughs> I say 1903. 1903, and the answer is 1901. Oh, wow. It is a short film uh, uh, called uh, Scrooge or Marley's Ghost, a short British film that uh-huh. is the earliest surviving screen adaptation <laughs> of A Christmas Carol. Wow. Well, I mean, what do they say? Like 70% of silent films are gone now for forever? Thanks to uh, Buster Keaton. Thanks to Buster Keaton's <laughs> poor storage. <laughs> poor storage <laughs> films. Because <laughs> well, James Mason kept handing them out to people. Okay, here's Take a, your films. I'll throw, I'll throw out this one. Hmm. Who is the only uh, actor to portray the Doctor who has also portrayed Scrooge? The only actor. So, William Hartnell? William Hartnell is incorrect. Seemed like a likely one. Oh, I, ap- I apologize. Uh, he is not. He is. He is in it, but he is not portraying Scrooge. I oh, apologize. Okay. Oh. But uh, the only the only version of a Christmas Carol in film to uh, oh Peter Cushing, uh, incorrect. Damn it! Back. Oh, come on, Jason. Um, I'm just trying to think of it. Preserve the Dedrick family <laughs> honor. Anybody that actually played the Doctor. You don't know any played the Doctor. I, the, those names are not readily available. To back me. to oh. back to David. <laughs> okay, I guess, the, I guess I have to say John Pertwee. Incorrect. Go God again. Damn it! So then it's uh, Troughton. Incorrect. Go ahead. Tom Baker is the one that did it? Incorrect. Go ahead. Who was the very first doctor? I would bet it's the very first doctor. Incorrect. Keep going. That was Oh, my gosh. I guess we'll just guess in order. Go ahead. Who's the recent young guy? Not the guy from... Incorrect. Go ahead. How about the guy from All Creatures Great and Small? Oh, who is he? I don't know. You know, Tristam. No. Not him. Go ahead. <laughs> that was a character from All Creatures Great and Small. That's right. That's what he asked. Yeah, but no. Go ahead. As uh, <laughs> that's right. You were correct, but the answer was still <laughs> incorrect. Incorrect. I got poor Wassel. It wasn't. It wasn't Scottish guy. I'm going to now uh, use the mercy rule <laughs> for our audience and say it was Colin Baker. Fooey! If only I'd gone one more, because he was next in line. Yeah, I'm so sorry. All right, now, uh, now I said that the winner uh, of the last thing was going to get some wassail, so uh, David gets the first uh, thing of wassail. Now, now uh, our friend uh, Jason has brought along wassail. I did not know wassail was a thing. Yeah, I didn't know. I've heard was here a we thing. go a wassailing. 
But I'm, I don't. And by the way, this smells great. This is Christmas, right? He's cracked open a thermos. This and, is me living up to my gentleman of elegant leisure esque. <laughs> oh, we didn't plug that. That <laughs> is the name of Jason's podcast, Gentlemen of Elegant Leisure, where they discuss uh, cocktails and have a few laughs. Uh, that is available wherever you get fine podcasts and podcasts like ours. Uh, we seem fair on the uh, pouring here. I think so. Now, uh, this is a, a brownish liquid. Oh, it's warm. And it's warm. It's quite warm. So, uh, oh, it's like a, a hot punch. All right. It's like a hot punch. So I think, as I understand, wassailing. Yes. Yes. You would either have this with you and you would go out to, uh, I don't know, wealthy people's house and threaten them through Carol <laughs> yes. to give you even better drink. But I think they could have some of your wassail that you were drinking to keep warm. Is that right? And okay. it's full of all sorts of Christmassy spices. This is Trader Joe's. And I bought it this year on a whim. You heat it up, you could put some wine in it. You could heat it up, you could put some bourbon in it, which I did. But I thought, uh, let's just have it uh, warmed up straight. And uh, happy, right. happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, Christmas to all of you. I'm going to ask David to take the first sip uh, because it's, uh, he won the, the well, this thing. Is, this, I assume this is basically Victoria Neo Citron. Go ahead. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Not bad. It's like um, mm. kind of like a apple cider kind of thing. Like a yes. Like um, yeah. Okay. Well, of- I, the next case, I'm going to throw one more piece of trivia out towards Jason because he is our drink expert from his podcast. Uh, what is the difference between cider and wassail? I think cider is probably just at its root going to be uh, pressed apple juice yeah. that has been fermented to get it up to probably about seven percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is going to probably be a cider based thing. But with your cloves and your allspice yeah. and a bunch more. Your, hot, your warm spices. Yeah, cloves, maybe even some orange juice. It's very punch-like, very much like yeah. the, the... Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I like it. And I, the official, but the I like official answer, of by the way, mm-hmm. of what the difference is between cider and wassail, nothing. Oh, oh really? Mm-hmm. What a disappointing answer that is, <laughs> Internet. <laughs> Thank you, internet. Google. Screw you, Internet. That's, a, that's the only word it says. Yeah, nothing. nothing. It doesn't even have a, a second choice. Yeah, it is a drinking ritual of drinking wassail uh, intended to ensure a good apple uh, high harvest the following year. Hmm. So, you oh, know. okay. Oh, nice. Um, oh, apple gods! <laughs> gods. Oh, Please! Apple gods. Oh, apple gods! Well, what's, what's funny is that cider is basically the result of junk apples, though. Because in... The past, when you didn't have like organized orchards, you would have apple trees around your farm. Most of those trees were just garbage that you couldn't eat because most apples aren't that edible. They're mostly crab apples. It's really like specific strains that are edible, but each of those strains has to be, you, you can't grow them from a seed. You have to grow them from a cutting from the, from the mm. original apple tree. So for instance, something like a, a Granny Smith apple, which came from Australia, was brought here as a tree from Australia, and then that tree has been the the root of all the other Granny Smith apple trees, because each of those trees is grown with a cutting from that tree. Is right, you know, is put in. How they yeah, splice? They graft it. They right? graft it in. That's right. Yeah. Put it in. right. And so you can have apple trees. Like I remember going to a friend's house in Kamloops, and in her backyard, she had a tree that had six different apple varieties on the tree because mm. the different branches had been grafted onto this one right. tree. But outside of that, like outside of like the fluke of a tree resulting in like a delicious apple which is absolute happenstance most of them are garbage so they would just be turned into apple cider a more palatable way to eat those apples and not waste them so there you go everyone that's that beats google <laughs> and then in new jersey they would take that yeah and then they would distill that and make apple jack which was apple whiskey oh okay oh apple whiskey have you had apple jack i have so what is it whiskey then like how does it make what, what's what's whiskey then like distilled i don't know what that means it means is it like fortified like they just take out some 
Uh, Do they the heat water, it up or uh, water evaporates at a different rate than alcohol? Okay, so you would make a mash out of the stuff. Okay, it okay, fermented, then you would heat it up. Yeah, you get the the alcohol would would evaporate first. The first water would, the water would, would would evaporate first. No, I think sorry, I know I think the water is later. I think. Well, really, so they so they collect the alcohol in a separate thing. Yeah, or it's, or it's the first stuff that comes out because you have to have all those cooling stuff, oh, okay. the distilling thing. As okay, far okay. As I understand it uh-huh. to get it to come out, and then you would have that, and then would have to age it though because it would everything that you distill comes out as uh, like grain alcohol, right? It comes out as that clear mm. hard stuff. Yeah, and uh, maybe, maybe they cut it with apples to make it uh, appley because it's certainly when I had it as a modern product, it's. Uh, amber in color. Okay. Yeah, it's an apple. Uh, again, according to the internet, I, I pay for it, so that way I, <laughs> I, I can only write it off if I do this shit. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, apple brandy. It's an apple brandy. Oh, apple says. brandy. Mm, that's yeah. So that's brandy better. is a fortified. I shouldn't uh, have said whiskey. Yeah. That's where I'm sorry. I no, apologize. that's fine. It's please. actually apple brandy. Like Calvados is an apple brandy. That's the French fancy version. Okay. Of, okay. That's right. Applejack. Yeah. Of New Jersey. Whereas they say Calvados is made from cider apples, while Applejack is made from apples such as wine sap. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at a screen. Uh, we'll just turn to the expert here in the room. That's uh, Jason. Jason, what does that mean? Uh, it must be a kind of apple. <laughs> there you go. And if you want what more of those sap. kind of facts, yeah. uh, go to the uh, Gentleman of Elegant Leisure. Hey, what goes into this rum and coke? I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway, let's just keep drinking. Pepsi? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Mountain yeah. Dew? Would a rum and coke actually... Uh, wait, a rum and Pepsi? Huh. Sounds so Canadian. <laughs> it sounds so Canadian. Yeah. It does somehow sound Canadian. Really? Yeah. Jennifer's family, yes. uh, they all drink a lot of, of vodka and Pepsi. And I was just like, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing <laughs> vodka and Pepsi? I mean, or sir, it works. Yeah. If you like Pepsi and you want to get drunk, and then you drink vodka Pepsi. But it just seems so, I don't know. Trashy. Yeah, I was asking. I, was, <laughs> I think yeah. that's the word. I think it was really trashy. <laughs> yeah, I was watching. Oh, I'm trying to remember what the Mina Shum movie was recently that I was watching. But like the the, the characters in it, the dad who's uh, an older uh, Chinese gentleman, uh, his drink was uh, half and half red wine and Coke, and that was the that was the mix. Wow! And apparently that is uh, a very popular drink. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. There's no accounting for tastes, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there is with this. This is uh, very tasty. It I is wish good. I brought more. Well, next year, uh, go to back to Trader Joe's and get make a big jug of it. Do some wassailing. Yeah, I, I've actually got a recipe for it here, and I'm going to probably try making some up. That was very, very nice. Is it uh, like apple juice and some other... Well, brothers, you want some nutmeg, some cloves, some. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. First of all, I got it on apple. Basically, it's like you're making a pumpkin pie. Only leave the pumpkin pie out of it, and you add some apple juice. That's right. And drink it instead of eat it. You drink it instead of eat it. Let's see. But it has all the same warm spices that people. I really enjoyed it, and I liked it with the bourbon. And in fact, I almost brought a little bit of bourbon, and I thought, Nah, I'm not going to do it because there's no point. You're not going to have it. No, it's just. I would have had it, but I thought, Nah, I can bring some (laughs) bourbon right down right now. It's too late. Uh, It's too late. (laughs) There's no way now of doing anything with this except we could just drink bourbon. It would be be fine. No, I've got. uh, You know, we're we're possibly going to have some people over later, so I probably should not start bourboning uh, right now. Again, as as with every recipe on the internet, I now have to have 16 ads just slide in right now <laughs> and then hear the story of when i was a boy no one cares just tell me how to make this nonsense uh you make it with apple cider okay. uh orange juice hibiscus tea cinnamon ginger cloves juniper berries and fresh fruit and you put that in your slow cooker 
Just let it let it do its business. Juniper berries. Yeah. Juniper berries are in... Um, no, I'm getting mixed up. I was going to say they're in uh, gin, but that gin has a different... Uh, no, you are correct the first time. Oh, okay. Yep, juniper is the big gin flavor. Okay, huh. Yep. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm now looking... And cinnamon. I thought I smelled cinnamon in here. And I do like... But I, it, there's a lot of also like like allspice and nutmeg and stuff. They, they kind of all go together to me, actually. Have, have you guys ever made your own eggnog? I see a lot of recipes for eggnog, but I don't know anyone who's ever made their own eggnog. No. I did. And how'd it go? <laughs> it went pretty good. It was a weird recipe. It's on my podcast website, thegentlemanofelegantleisure.com. Very nice. Because I can't remember what it was, but it was a weird version, and that's why okay. I wanted to do it. It was about the time that you were like, I don't want to make any drinks for this because Jason's <laughs> boiling oranges and bacon things. <laughs> and it was that same year that okay, I had done that okay. one where I had to cook the orange. Yeah, yeah. It was called... With cloves in it. You had to cook an orange with cloves yeah, inserted in it. Studded with, and then squeeze that and do that. But the eggnog recipe, and I forget where I got it from, was like a 30-day eggnog. Like it aged. Wow. You made it with eggs and stuff and you let it sit. Yeah. And it got gradually funkier and funkier. <laughs> And then just a little bit of eggnog. raw chicken juice on top of it, <laughs> and you that is. Yeah. But it was good. But it's not drink it out of a do. ditch. <laughs> if I was to do an eggnog recipe, yeah. I would go to foodwishes.com and I would do uh, Chef John's one. It would be the next one I would try. Okay. I'm going to look that okay. up in a in a heartbeat. Here's a simpler uh, recipe, by the way. Do you like eggnog? That's the other question. I like eggnog, but okay. as they say. It don't like me. Uh, okay, it is okay. a disaster waiting to happen. It okay. is a clear the room. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> Stop making plans for the rest of the week. Huh. It's a rough time, but I love I love eggnog. Yeah, me too. And I, I don't I don't I don't have your issues with it. That's good. What about you? You obviously love it. You spent thirty days making it. <laughs> yeah, no. I usually cycle through them all. My favorite eggnog is the Safeway Lucerne eggnog. Yes, me too. I prefer that to the. Do you do the eggnog. classic or do you do the uh, regular or do you do the light? I do just the classic, whatever, the thick, nice thick one. Yeah, that's the one I do. I think it's the classic. Do they have three options? I know they have the light one. Yeah, and they have the regular, and then you have the classic. At least Dairyland does. Oh, oh no, we don't. I don't really like Dairyland that much. I prefer the Lucerne. I'm, I'm with Jason. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I'm cheap. Dairyland is more expensive than Lucerne. <laughs> but I had the Lucerne American one. They do a Lucerne one with vanilla and cinnamon flavor. So they've done some flavoring to it. Uh. And it comes out like somewhere between marshmallow sauce and, <laughs> and really heavy cream. Like it's pouring ketchup. <laughs> but it was good. But it was weird. A little ketchup, bit of bourbon, mix that in a glass. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's hobo living. Um, the easy wassail uh, recipe. Here you go. For those of you out there that want to make the easy version here's what you do take yourself two apples take yourself eight cups of apple cider a little two cups of orange juice gonna have a little lemon juice there and cinnamon sticks whole cloves easy to have you got them in your cupboard you know you do i don't uh you should ginger ground ginger <laughs> nutmeg and brown sugar here's what you're gonna do dave you're gonna poke some uh poke those whole cloves into the apples you're gonna put them in all sides like you're doing an old-timey craft project yeah you're gonna add all the ingredients including the apples in a large pot over medium low heat or a slow cooker uh, you're going to bring to a simmer, simmer the hell out of it, take the apples out, enjoy. Hmm. That's what you're going to do. Oh, that okay. is simple. I guess so. Yeah, then you have to go wassailing. It's so much work. You have to walk around and sing at people. And When was the last time <laughs> you went caroling? Have you Christmas carol? They are long. Yeah, when was the last time you went out Christmas caroling? Uh, probably grade 12. I how mean, about, how about yourself? Outside Jason? of choir. You're a musician. You have <laughs> a lovely singing voice. There was talk of caroling in grade 12. 
<laughs> there, was not, there were rumors going around. There was a lot of loose lips. <laughs> <laughs> Giving away yeah, the Banding secrets. about the stories. And so there was a girl that I liked. Mm. And she was in a group that was going to be going caroling. I would be there in an instant. Yes. And so I remember saying to my dad, ever, ever supportive of my father, I said, I, I'm going to go over. We're going to rehearse uh, caroling. And he Oops. said, uh, yeah, can you sing harmony? <laughs> And I said, thank you. No, thank you, no. Dedrick is that, Attitudes. Is that important? Well, you're going to go singing. you got to be able to hold a tune. Anyway, I went along. And we rehearsed a couple of times. And yeah, I couldn't sing. And somebody banged on the piano. And then I think we were going to go out. But I honestly don't remember going to anybody's house. Okay. Oh, okay. Could your dad sing harmony? He probably could have a little bit. He yeah. wasn't the singing as Dedrick. But I think he could a little bit. Hmm. He was no Jerry, <coughs> Bob, or Kent. <laughs> Did you ever learn harmony? Did I ever learn harmony? How to do harmony? Yeah, I, I have a kind of natural ear for okay for for harmony. For some I reason. think I almost do. Mm. Uh, here's the thing: we I had, know when I'm singing wrong. If that's yeah, <laughs> that we had we had a birthday party for my wife, <laughs> and we had a bunch of people with uh, somewhat musical uh, backgrounds yeah. in the room. And then when it came together, like the happy birthday song was like, "Oh, wait a minute! Hey, yeah, we're all kind of once realized this <laughs> is pretty nice. good." And I was, was glad nice. I was recording it. It was like, "All right," and you could see like Pia going, "Whoa, what's this about?" Yeah, I was, <laughs> nice. I was there for that singing. Yeah, I, oh, that's I nice. was singing. I was singing a part i was singing a little bit of a mel- uh, harmony yeah and i think louise uh louise, yeah, louise also was like okay i got it yeah and i was like oh she's the glue holding yeah. this all together this gotta, is nice gotta get make that triad you know make right. that full chord and, <laughs> and now um yeah now i'm too nervous to even attempt it harmony is my uh, impressions i can't yeah, uh, you feel know, nervous but if, but if i'm like if i'm alone or i'm just like listening to the radio i really harmonize to that or mm-hmm. hit a note and oh, i think i'll maybe do that i don't think i could well singing tenor in choir you are almost always the off note that mm. makes the chord just that oh. sort of the weird part of the of the chord i'm almost always sing that part as tenor so this makes it sort of hard to sing by yourself because you're singing so counter to the other notes of the rest of the <laughs> yeah. choir singing that yeah. you spend a lot of time going is this the note that's what I never really liked about the when I did when I did choir in school and you had to learn your part and also when I was in band because yeah. I was played clarinet mm. and then you because I didn't under they never actually explained what you were doing yeah, even though don't, I played mm, piano they don't bother in school mm, to explain what you're doing <laughs> I could have got the concept saying what yeah. I'm doing yeah but it was just you know you'd have the, this and say I'm gonna sing happy birthday here's my part happy birthday to you <laughs> happy birthday you know, exactly. that's not a, the song yeah, yeah. yeah it was only when you sang it with a group exactly that you went, oh I'm can there. robot feel love <laughs> yes. and that's basically like the tenor part that we were singing where you do a lot of like high kind of repeating notes that play off of the other notes and the people are singing the melody and you're just doing this weird kind of you know almost like a drone oh sometimes it's a drone <laughs> yeah drone sometimes it's or sometimes it's like leaping around and really difficult yeah it really depends and also you sing notes that are higher than what the sopranos are singing mm. oh right but There's in the lower tenor. register but, but in the lower register note, yes. yeah at a higher note so it's a, it's a curious place that you're in and uh but i have yeah i have the ability i don't know why to tell if something's like out of tune so i can make my voice go into tune i might not be singing the right note but I'll be singing in tune, which is important. Right. Because you can sing the wrong note, but as long as you're in tune, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You could be singing with the sopranos, or you might be singing like counter to everyone else, and yet singing the right, the right in quotation mark notes. And that was a crummy-ish thing that happened to me when I was working on Robson Arms, uh, when we, my friend Tom and I did the music for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Tom is really the musician of the two of us. And like, but uh, I think because I played that card... I've been, I don't have cards <laughs> in, in, that, in that relationship, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. 
And so it'd be like, well, okay, we're going to, now we're going to try to sing this, but, uh, you know, do your best. And so I was constantly undercut, undercut, undercut. Uh. And so then when we were actually going to be doing it live on, uh, on, uh, Urban Rush or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tom was all, now you got to hit these notes, got to make sure you get these notes. But his partner that he actually worked with, like in the past when they had a band together, yeah. he said, don't worry about it. It's as long as you hit the, one of the notes, it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't have, you don't have to come in with, <laughs> it was just so relaxing. Yeah. And yeah, I can, I can hear when I'm wrong. And I often, I often understood. <laughs> but yeah. that was a huge, like you said, you, as long as you're hitting the and, right note. It doesn't note. have to be the assigned note. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But there's a right note and the yeah. And there's lots of note. harmony in there that you can lots of right harmonic notes that you can that you can sing exactly. Well with David now, I often will sing on stage with him, but because I know I don't have the opportunity to rehearse with him, I'll just be singing a song that I don't know. And he's like, All right, take the chorus, Dave. And I'll be like <laughs> singing along with him and I have I don't even know the words. So it's very so it's usually I'm like kind of like faking it through the first part of it and then Happy I'll Happy birthday <laughs> to you. <laughs> and then I'll come around, you know, to the Yeah, we were doing like we we're doing Mendocino, the the Sir Douglas Quintet song. I don't know if you know that. It's not. a great song, anyway. But he had changed into No Fun City. So it's like, you know, No Fun City, No Fun City, do 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 Well, he didn't tell me we were changing the lyrics to Mendocino. So I kind of know Mendocino, but as you know, I'm terrible at lyrics. But so I kind of knew those lyrics for that song. But then to throw in the fact that, no, we're not going to sing it as, as Mendocino. We're going to sing it as No Fun City. You know, so I'm just like, well, what am I here for? <laughs> you know? Comic relief. By the way, I was, uh, sorry that I was looking at the screen while you were talking. I was very much listening, but I wanted to see. <laughs> Is Robson Arms available illegally online? And the answer is yes. Oh, fantastic. So if you want to see Jason uh, on in uh, Robson Arms, uh, dailymotion.com has it illegally on there. All right. Well, send me a, li- send me a link have, and I'll put it on They have every page. episode, apparently. Oh, so, nice. um, yes. If you want to see me, I'm in the first literally three minutes. Yep. Because it'd be a setup, our song, and then the rest of the show. Is there a payoff at the end? You come back and go, didn't we tell you that's what was going to happen? <laughs> and that's the guy from Corner Gas. <laughs> In case you were going, who's that guy? He's the third lead on Corner Gas. And that lady was from Man Green Gables. <laughs> and that's the guy from Kids in the Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around for Joe Flaherty. He, he does one episode too. <laughs> well, they really uh, mined Canadian talent for that show. Sure. Yeah, Margot Kidder. Got to meet Margot Kidder. Oh, that's nice. Oh, what was she like? She was crazy. Yeah, yeah. this was before that that got kind of settled, right? I think so. She was having a rough go for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So this was pre after pre or post. Original crazy. Right. But she still, I think she was just, that was her. She came yeah, I was and said, hi, my name's Margie. <laughs> and I said, hi, because I had a huge crush on her. And, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Superman. And she didn't look like that anymore. But she was just so much fun. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the producers actually went to a hockey game with her. And apparently she was just bananas at the hockey game. Uh. Just a huge amount of fun. Well, you saw what she went through in Black Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's good that she just like... Well, I think you know. she was like a pretty much a party girl through like through the seventies in L.A. Like she was, she acted a lot, but she also was just like a well-known like scenester of that time. So, yes. you know, I think those kind of that can kind of wear on you over time. I always got her confused with the prime minister's wife. Well, her last name is what was her last name again? Kidder. Margot Kidder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, you didn't even know. I got confused. You're right. I got her mixed up. What was up. the prime minister's wife? Was it was it Margaret Trudeau? Margaret or? Trudeau. Yeah. Margaret Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And Margaret Trudeau was the one who dated Mick Jagger briefly, right? No, uh, 
not Mick Jagger. I think it was Keith Richards. They was were, it Keith Richards? I don't think they dated. They were seen at a party together, which oh, okay. is totally different. All right, fair enough. There was a lot of conf- conflation in those stories. All right, so there was no uh, Mick Jaggering. There was no Mick Jaggering, no. Okay, that's too bad. I remember when Robin Leach was doing uh, Last Tales of the Rich and Famous, I was, and I would do my Robin Leach impersonation. Chris, who didn't? Yes. I also did that. <laughs> Which Rich yes, Little beautiful. would have done. He had such a distinctive voice. If, if it had been like five years later. And you could take that imitation of, of Robin Leach and turn it into a Kim Clark Champness. Much oh, music VJ uh, imitation All right, as well. let's hear it. Oh, come on. I no, can't. you can't do that kind of setup and then like not. Do your Robin Leach. Way up high in the breathtaking beauty of the Sierra Mountains lies one of California's <laughs> best kept secrets. There the Valley. That's Kim Clark Champness. He had the exact same accent and spoke the same way. It's a very special home for Robert Conrad, who's come a long way from the south side of Chicago to battle it out in a private gym he's built in the wild, wild west, 350 miles from Los Angeles. Was he Aust- You're getting an Australian in there. I don't think he was Australian, though, I, 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 No, but I, I put a little Australian you in there. You did. put a little Australian in there. But yeah, he's, he was more... He's had that really kind of strident, say every... I don't know if he's trying to hide his accent a little bit. So he had to really over-pronounce it. Oh, dear. Because otherwise it's... <laughs> the, the gloomy troubadour. <laughs> you just showed me a picture I was just of showing, yeah. Of I was like, the very first thing you see on Robson Arms, you! <laughs> me! Looking sort of sad. We're sorry the show is... It's okay, it's got some good things, it's... It's all right, we're all union. That's a good thing, paying for my dental today. It's a five-season arc, but we only get three. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Canadian television. Was it an overarching plot line? I think they did have, I think they had an endgame. Okay. Oh, and they didn't get to do it. They did not. And what was was Margot Kidder in the show? She was, remember the guy, uh, William Davis? Is that his yeah. name? That was a William B. Man? Davis, William that's B. right. Davis. He was a guy that was a stoic old doctor or professor or something. And Margot was his wife. That they, She, she was Ooh. much younger than him. Oh. Was, that's right. He was a professor and she was like the hot student. And mm. then they got together and now no. here they are years later. Okay. She's got a bit of a reawakening in that there's fun Fred Uwaniak. Yep. Uh, then sleeps with her i guess they somehow get together and there's some other problems like that the first season not many of the big people came back for the next oh, okay. season so william b davis was gone i think he died okay Uncle kidder was gone she moved i was gonna ask life. what else was william b davis doing <laughs> oh uh, Shirley <laughs> saying douglas. hi to god <laughs> shirley douglas was in the first season mm. okay and she came in and she said they said oh these guys are in the band and she said to tom and i oh are you the swollen members <laughs> we said no where are the other they were doing a guest spot on the oh, show okay, right? okay. we're the regular guys okay here's what I would have we're said the regular members. you you, you, be, uh, you be her and I'll be you yeah, yeah. Oh, Remember? are yeah. you the swollen members well we are now <laughs> that's what I wanted but I thought you could have been Shirley Douglas <laughs> where, where were you at this time me you could have been there I was at home waiting for the show to come on <laughs> like when are they going to finish filming tick tock tick tock Give, give him some notes. Oh, what's that person from? Uh, King of Kensington. But not not Al Waxman. He's dead. <laughs> Who's from what? I was just, I'm just going with a Canadian celebrity oh, show. You just pick me in it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Lilith Tobo. It's the dog from Lilith Tobo. <laughs> Why are they still alive? Yeah. That's strange. Oh, Lilith Tobo. Who is Joe Flaherty? What did he play? He was uh, Zach Santiago's character's dad. Okay. Yeah. 
Mr. Santiago. Mr. Santiago, except... Where in the world was Mr. Santiago? (laughs) (laughs) Back east until they brought him out here. And I think he had a scene with Mike Roberts. I think Mike had a scene with Oh, nice one. Oh, nice. Was Mike a reoccurring on there, or did he have a one-shot? He was going to be a one-shot that got a couple more. He was like the homeless guy that lived behind the building. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But he was so personable, they went, we got to bring him back. We got to bring him back. Got to bring Mike in. Yeah. Got to have him back. So were we dealing sensitively with the problem of homelessness, or was he the funny hobo that lived in the dumpster? He funny was, hobo. I don't he was the not littlest hobo. That's what they called him. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, oh, bless. Oh, we, we, we do have a good time, don't we? We all have a nice time. <laughs> anyway, they're all available on video motion. Unless, of course, you get a cut. Do you get a cut? Do you get I, royalties? I would get royalties. Oh, but, shit. You know, okay, I feel bad that I'm leading them towards the no, illegal site. Uh, as long as people see it. But that was more important, that people saw the dance. Okay, yeah. good. All right. Yeah. So, uh, illegally go. We're going to put Daily a link motion. up on our page, sneakydragon.com. You can go and take a look. And, uh, and then what you should do is you should write to Netflix and say, you know what show I'd like to see on Netflix? Robs in arms. You know what you, yeah. And here's the other thing you say to them. Because once you've covered that Canadian content stuff, uh, you've covered it. And there's like uh, three seasons of it. So go for it. Mm. You know, there's people in there that people like. Well, yeah, go. Yeah. I'm not sure. Is Corner Gas on uh, Netflix? No, I think it's. Uh, I think they have an Amazon Prime. That's thing. right. They are on Amazon. That is. That is right. Okay. Oh, for something I thought they were on there, or that the animated one was on there, but maybe it's. No, they're no, all on. You're right. It's, on, it's, Amazon. it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Would you be okay with being on Amazon Prime? Sure. Should we also write them? Yes. Right, <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's the connection we're gonna we're gonna try and See go if with. Disney Plus will take you on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Do you say anything bad about Disney at any point? I don't believe so. Any Marvel characters you say anything bad about? Any <laughs> Star Wars characters you say anything oh, bad about? Oh, say anything bad about a Star Wars Anything character. about darn cats? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that darn cat meet the cat from outer space. Both those are like side by side on Disney Plus, and it's like there's mm. no connection between. Well, there's a connection. Oh. They're both, I think. I think they have Dean Jones in them. Do they both have Dean Jones? I believe so. Okay. I was going to. I thought it was Roddy McDowell because he usually is the link between almost all of these things really i don't think of him as a, uh, as a disney i know he's in bedknobs and broomsticks keenan win he's in more than you expect <laughs> which by the way i watched bedknobs and broomstick it's not good did you watch it on disney plus yes yes not good at all i still think it's better than mary poppins really really mm-hmm. See, I wanted to my daughters would disagree with you very mm-hmm. vociferously i'm not a huge mary poppins fan either but oh i love the poppins my, my daughter uh, mary we were watching she's going like this is so bad this is this isn't this. She goes, can we watch Angela Mary Poppins? Lansbury? Is that Angela Lansbury? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, as I like to call her, the old, the youngest, oldest actress in Hollywood. That's right. She's been very old for so long. Yeah, she's playing Lawrence Harvey's mother in The Manchurian Candidate. She was seven years older than him. Yes. That well, is crazy. I don't know why I said yes. I did not know that. I don't even know if she's <laughs> I, helping the, the homeless. She might even been less than that. I can't quite remember, but I think it was like she was born in twenty one and he was born in twenty seven or something. Mm. Like not not a big difference in age. I still feel sorry for uh, Sally Field being uh, Tom Hanks's love interest in one movie and yeah. then his mom in the next. Yeah. <laughs> like wow, Hollywood. That's Hollywood. really on the nose. That, that, that's right. a, that's a difference though because Tom, uh, Punchline was not a Tam, Tom Hanks vehicle. Most likely, it was a Sally Field vehicle mm-hmm. who was a better known actress, and so she would get the younger man in that movie. Whereas by the time you get to Forrest Gump, their ages are more naturally. Uh, in her spe- next speech, she said, you don't really like me as much as I thought you did the first time I did this speech. <laughs> hey, Dave, yeah. would you like to know all the Roddy McDowell Disney movies? No. All right, here we go. 
thought I said no, but we're gonna. It's not. It's not okay. too much. No. Okay. Uh, we're gonna go with uh, that darn cat, nineteen sixty-five. Oh, so it's not Dean Jones in that darn cat. Uh, could could be, <laughs> could be, but also Roddy McDowell is also in that. Okay. Then we're moving on to the Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin. Mm. Anyone remember that one? Nope. Remember the title? <laughs> nope. 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 I'm not thinking making these up now. Then, of course, we have talked about Bedknobs and Broomsticks, which was an enormous waste of that character, starting off with him <laughs> as the priest, and then like, oh, he's gonna go see the witch. And then uh, his hat flies off, and his hat flies back, and he goes, fuck this, and he's out of the movie, and you never see him again. Well, the think, end. I think Roddy McDowell is more famous for being Roddy McDowell than for his movie performances. I know he's well, has a big role in Planet of the Apes. Yes, sir. But you don't yes, see him. Sure. You don't get to see his face. And then what else? Bring the humans like, to Like, name Cornelius? another big Well, let me tell you the rest of his Disney's, and then we can get back to... That's not like an ensemble piece where he's like one of the crowd of people being burned alive in a towering inferno. The something. cat from outer space. Indeed, he is in that one. My yes. goodness. So I... And I guess then... I'm, you know what? Probably every movie I think Dean Jones was in, it was actually Roddy McDowell. Could be. Uh, now, we've talked about this movie, uh, where he plays the voice of a robot. That is The Black Hole. Black Hole, yes. Black Hole. Uh, Once again, not a huge part. Now we're getting now we're getting into his animated uh, yeah, stuff. Care. We're not we don't need to talk about Darkwing Duck, where he's Sir Quackmire. We don't need to talk <laughs> about Gargoyles, where he's Proteus, and we do not need to talk about A Bug's Life, where he is Mister Soil. Huh. Well, I think that's really curious that he had a, a long-standing relationship with with Walt Disney or the Disney Studios. Once mm-hmm. you were in, you never got you out. You never got out. <laughs> you yeah. got out. Look now, at the, I don't know if the, that darn cat and the cat from outer space have similar, uh, uh, like, the, the it's a novel, the first one, that darn cat is. Uh, is it? a novel, yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. Called. That dang cat. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Or cat, cat on patrol? Okay. Cat on. Huh. Cat on like a hot tin roof? <laughs> it's a sequel to Cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> uh, cat it's... from outer space on a hot tin roof. Cat from outer space is pure Disney genius that they, you know. I remember the, I never saw it. No, I, I, I didn't. I, I, I refuse. You refuse to see that movie. It came out in a strong it, stand. I think it came out in 1978. Is what I'm going to guess. Wow! And just before it came out, yeah. the Jungle Book had been re-released. Ah, all right. And I'd never seen the Jungle Book. Yeah, this was its first time coming out where I was going to be. And what around around what year was this? 78. Okay, that could be one of my first movies. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And uh, I, we had the album, so I knew the songs from The Jungle Book. Okay. I'd seen the imagery of The Jungle Book, and now The Jungle Book was being re-released, and so I went and saw it with my friend, and it was our favorite movie ever. We loved this. <laughs> That's right. And we would say to people, say, you know what our favorite movie is? The Jungle Book. The Jungle yeah. Book is the best movie. And then he went out with his family, and he saw The Cat from Outer Space. Yeah. And he left me hanging in a conversation where we were like, oh, you know what the best movie is? The Jungle Book. And he says, oh, no. No. <laughs> Cat from Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you're bitter. I remember just looking at him like, "What? I thought I just felt so. I thought we had something here. I we had something. I we agreed. Well, this that... one's got a cat in it. Yeah, but is he from outer space? No. But a Jungle Book in outer space sounds pretty fucking good to me. All Could... right, I would see that. Dude. Shove it all in outer space. <laughs> this kid, what happened? He gets adopted by aliens, and you just do a Jungle Book, but they're all aliens. Done. 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 So that uh, a snake wants to eat him, but it's like a snaky alien. Mm. Oh, excellent. I love it. Um, I don't think I would have gone to see that movie. By the way, you're right. That is when I did see uh, A Jungle Book was then because, as I've told Dave before, as I'm leaving the theater, I say to my mom, I want to see this movie that is a poster of, and it's Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses, ah. <laughs> uh, which is a sexy sex farce. Yeah. And uh, no, no, they said you cannot. <laughs> Aw. And that came out in 77. So. Oh, 77. Okay. Yeah. And apparently there was a sequel uh, to Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses. Uh, if you don't stop it, you'll go blind. 
and the uh, film that followed it, we're talking about masturbation. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Right on the nose when it came to the they just 80s. Yeah. Out of there, yeah, totally. yeah. Do you get that? <laughs> so Roddy McDowell. That was me called, I have bad news for you, Mr. Smith. It was the third film. And what was that? You're blind. Oh, I thought it was like, I've got bad news for you. What is it? You're masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. Oh, so we're going to have to ask you to leave the restaurant. <laughs> so troubling. so Roddy McDowell's career, you can divide into two parts. Okay. One, the child actor, Roddy McDowell. Yeah. And one, are the adult. Uh, as a child in England, he was in How Green Was My Valley, My Friend Flicka, and Lassie Come Home. Okay, none of those are English films or all American films. Well, look, man, I don't know what to fucking tell you. <laughs> They're all all right. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, but he was uh, Augusta- so he was a resident English person. Yeah, he was living, Augusta- in, living in L.A. going in movies where they needed an English accent. Exactly, and he was also Augustus in Cleopatra. That was a pretty big movie that bankrupted a studio almost. <laughs> uh, and if you like a big Once movie, again, it's not a leading role, but yes. Okay. Oh, do we need a leading role? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, because he's well known. Like, I feel like Roddy McDowell. He wasn't a lead in the greatest story ever told, but he was certainly in there. Um, yeah, it's an ensemble movie. Like it's a bunch of people. Yeah, it's the Bible. Where's your so John Wayne. Now, Who's more famous, one? John Wayne or Ronnie McDowell? It's, this is a, this is a fine point that you're making. Yeah. Uh, funny lady. He's a funny lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbra Streisand movie. That's I would say he's the co-star of Fright Night. I'd put him up there. I'd put him up there with a. Is the he co- the vampire? Uh, no, he is the uh, horror host. Oh, who okay. helps the uh, who okay. helps the boy? He's very he's very good in that. Sure. And uh, and there you go, and, and so not, on and so forth. Not a starring role. It yep. is a starring role, wouldn't you say so? I mean, there's the. There's I've the... never seen Fright Night. Oh, you should see Fright Night. I it's saw good. I saw the the remake of Fright Night. But oh, I that's a shame because that's not as good at all. <laughs> not even close. Yeah. Not even close I just at have all. Never seen it's Night. closer to that masturbation movie. Than <laughs> <Fright> <laughs> well, that's why I liked it so much. I'm a big fan of masturbation, guys. What's so frightful about that movie? Your mom walked into the room while you were doing. Oh no. <laughs> She knew better. But Roddy McDowell is one of those guys, one of those famous guys that was famous for being Roddy McDowell. And it was like, oh, it's Roddy McDowell. Yeah, exactly. That's what you I said. Never he's more, he's better known when as... you saw Roddy McDowell. You said, no. oh, it's Roddy McDowell. Exactly, yeah, yeah. As, he, a, as an ape. When he's, on <laughs> Colum- when he's on Columbo, you're like, oh, that's Roddy McDowell on Columbo. And, and he did it. And he did, he did it. Exactly right. He and he kept it. secrets, right? That's what he's famous for. He, he oh, knew, he knew he all knew, the secrets? He knew all the secrets. He knew where all the knew where all the bodies were buried in Hollywood. He's good in Lord Love a Duck. Which is like a crazy. I shouldn't say he's good. He's interesting <laughs> he's in, in a movie that's Lord not because you know, like Hollywood in the '60s forgot how to make comedies. It's a well-known fact that I've stated many times on the show, and it's my own theory. <laughs> and but there's like a lot of comedy movies from that time period that you would watch thinking they'll be great, mm. and they're not. Yes, mislabeled comedy. Yeah, like mm. the loved one. Yeah. Uh, the Evelyn Waugh uh, Harry and Tonto you ever sat through Harry and Tonto that's a 70s movie I know but still that was that was left over it was another <laughs> comedy from the, that should have been made in the 60s <laughs> funny about this what was, what was Harry and Tonto he has Art his cat and he's, a cat yeah I don't know if it's really a comedy though it's more of a I think it says comedy in the TV Art guy. Carney uh, was a cat no, no no he has a cat oh, he's okay, an old guy right. who get, I think he gets evicted he gets evicted and he crosses the country to go live with his family or yeah, something goes like to, that with his daughter okay. yeah and he has like various escapades. He gets the into mix-ups. <laughs> he has various cats. He has various. Okay. Like, it's more like a kind of like I think the cat. Where America's at, man. Kind of a movie. Yes, I guess yeah. And he's sort of the linking between all these various. Things. I think it had a scene where he peed. I'm not sure. Art, Art Carney or the cat? Art Carney. 
On the cab? No, just off, <laughs> off camera. Oh. I'm kind of a fan of our Crony for that. I really like that movie, and I really like the Late Show, as it was called, with Lily Tomlin. As I like have a, not seen that, kooky, but the trailer looks great. As a kooky, it's directed by Robert Benson, who we're going to do like write and direct uh, Kramer versus Kramer, but it's like um, who also wrote, who co-wrote uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, amongst other movies. But anyway, it's like yeah, she's like this kooky. Um, client of Art Carney who's this kind of like broken down old gumshoe who's living kind of uh is he living in a mobile home I think he might be I can't remember exactly now or just in an old home but like an older like an old house and he's just kind of like just kind of like at the end the end of his career kind of thing and then he runs into this crazy woman and gets him involved in this big thing Hmm? He was in the Star Wars Christmas special too, was he not? Art was he Art Carney? Oh, for I've never, sure. I never. I don't yeah. remember the. He's I, one of I, the rebels. Yeah, I'm sure I saw it, but I do not remember it. Yeah, he's a rebel, and uh, and it'll never ever be any good. Uh, he's a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. He's a, he's one of he's one of the rebels, and he cons uh, stormtrooper. Uh, oh, okay. I believe like yeah. There's oh, there's so many problems with with that. I can't even get into it. <laughs> but yeah, they, all the Wookies look at screens, and yeah. at one point they. They see Art Carney, and he talked Art Carney, but then they actually can just watch Art Carney because they've got the power to watch sure, people yeah, yeah. for some reason. And then he helps Khan, uh, I think a stormtrooper, sure. and then Han Solo pushes the stormtrooper to his death. Ah, yeah, comedy. Yeah, just <laughs> like just cold out murders a stormtrooper. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! <laughs> happy Life Day. Yeah, Happy Life Day. There you go. Ironic, Carney. eh? I wonder who's going to clean up that corpse. <laughs> I was willing to convert. Yeah. Did you know Wookiees live in trees? They do. That doesn't seem right when they're like that big. Yeah, it seems Especially if one of them's elderly. How's he getting up the trees? He just trapped there what, for life? What does it live in does trees? Does he just shit off the side? Did you know Ewoks live in trees? No, there's so many problems. <laughs> Did you know there's a... Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, like as we're recording this, the final episode of The Mandalorian is tonight, and my hope is that because they've mentioned Life Day, it's going to be a Life Day episode. I was hoping the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's directed by I uh, guess you Taika, have Disney Plus then. Taika Waititi uh, is directing it too, so I'm also looking forward to it for that. Jason, I made the mistake of getting Disney Plus, so it's all in French. Oh, so I've had a real hard I got hack. Music Plus, and it's all just like videos from the 90s in French. <laughs> have you enjoyed it? A lot of Bye Bye Monk Count. I have watched almost all of it. Yes. And yes. I stopped watching it. Really? Well, Christmas came. Oh, but you so, still you enjoy it. I have liked it to a point. Uh, and then it got kind, of t- got kind of TV showy feeling to me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but in the, like, in the way of like episodic TV, like, like Knight Rider kind of feeling to me. <laughs> Okay. And I'm not joking. It felt like that. But Knight Rider starts cold and ends with nothing really having occurred. Whereas this kind of moves forward. It does move forward, but yeah. it just it still has that kind of episodic TV feeling to me. But except for the reset element of it. I'm gonna go more Xena Warrior Princess. Okay. And that you would like have introduced, say, a Bruce Campbell character, and then you would see them late, a couple episodes later on. It would be that kind of thing. Mm. And they'd go to a new world and, you know, a new land. Yeah, but I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. To me, this is what Star Wars is now. Because <laughs> the other, because the movies have to deal with whether you like them or not, too much baggage. Yeah. And too much like, we gotta bring the older actors in and do something with them, and well, they don't um, have to, but they feel. We gotta to. check these boxes, and we gotta do this yeah. kind of thing. And this is just like, ah, what's fun? These elements, okay, go for it. And I've been enjoying it so much, and not a lightsaber to be seen. So yeah. maybe I didn't even care about lightsabers the whole time. <laughs> the whole time, I didn't even need them. Yeah, the only thing that has jumped out well, at me. Don't people love lightsabers? Isn't that the whole point of like all the endless? 
boring lightsaber battles. I think in, people uh, like the prequels playing with lightsabers. <laughs> I think people like taking a tube and whacking your brother with a cardboard tube and pretending. But I don't think watching it is uh, watching Alec Guinness uh, wave a little stick around <laughs> is uh, particularly exciting. No, no. But I don't think I don't think that's the kind of lightsaber battles people are really well, there's nothing, thrilled okay, about. Okay, here's the problem with any lightsaber battle: is you know what's going to happen. Like they're just going to go. Kish, 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 kish. The whole thing. No one's going to like in the third shot get a good one in and like, oh, I got you through the side. Battle's over. Done. Yeah. No, it's not thrilling at all. But that doesn't stop people's complaints about the newer films that there's not enough lightsaber stuff in them. Do people say that? Yeah. Who's people who's are mad? That? Is there people, a guy with a lightsaber people, like sitting in yeah, the theater yeah. going, "Hey, hey what's just going goes, on?" Back down again. <laughs> Lost his boner. So Turn that thing off. Uh, it's no people like they, they love all that. Uh, that's what they really like in those prequels is all the lightsaber stuff. Like people loved Yoda fighting Count Dooku. Do they, they? love Yoda fighting Pal- Palantine or Palantine or whatever his name is? They <sighs> they enjoyed um, the Darth Maul. Okay, the Darth Maul. Thing, the Darth Maul famously, thing was pretty good. which was on and on is boring because you don't you, know, you have no feelings about anyone. <laughs> You don't like them, and it also does seem yeah. As like, boy, I hope, I hope this this uh, these abusive Jedi. We talked a bit about this in fan splainers. How it's like a two on one fight, and we're rooting for the two on one, like the the two guys going, "We're gonna kill you." It's like, why are we pro these guys? You're, you're yeah. the jerks, like really. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, seeing little CGI Yoda like a super ball just. Going, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Uh, and it's totally yeah. against his character too. My favorite part of in, of Yoda in the I think it's in Attack of the Clones where he's like, "Kill them!" <laughs> it's basically, you can paraphrase his <laughs> thing he says as he points from the open door of a ship that's landing, which doesn't make a lot of sense, everyone. But anyway, he's standing in an open doorway of a ship that's landing. And he's like, "Kill them all!" <laughs> all them killed. What? Yeah. The UPS yeah. guy has an open door. Why can't Yoda have an open door? <laughs> sure, why not? He's got an open door policy, and uh, they he's got on that, that ground. Wrong. Yeah, the thing about Yoda is. Uh, he's a little impish uh, guy who's got a good sense of humor. And like, yeah, when they do the prequels, he's just, oh, serious as shit I am. <laughs> Listen up, motherfuckers. This is no... It's like, when did he get a sense this of kid's, humor? This kid can't take Jedi training. Which is why, yeah, I liked it in The Last Jedi where like, oh, he's just he's a joker again. It's like, mm. yes, I yes. forgot. Yoda isn't this super serious... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how he drives <laughs> the bad guys crazy is like, you know, oh, he's not taking shit seriously. And yeah, like, oh, you and you're small and you're a little warner brothers character pixie yeah well you're a muppet you know so you act like a muppet yeah Yeah, bounce around but uh, but i do in this i like the sense of humor that they've got i like the different worlds i think they're pulling it off uh yeah Yeah, no i've I've enjoyed it i mean uh, my complaints are minor i i have enjoyed it yeah no i've I've watched them all to a point been tickled then i stopped I you've wasn't been, sure how I was going to You've been down. pickled with it? I've been pickled with it. No, only tickled with it. Okay, sorry. It was just great. <laughs> when, you know, previous television series were like the Ewoks specials. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. This is pretty good. No, this is really, yeah. This yeah. is pretty, this is all right. No, I really like the imagination behind it. And it, to me, it's popularity points more to not that what people wanted of Star Wars is like new characters and, and just, well, that's what I assume anyway, from the popularity of this, that that's what they really want is new characters that people haven't haven't seen yet and just not people always talking about the it. empire and yeah, the same yeah, things and yeah. and the force I, you know they show a little of the force but people aren't talking the force to death yeah. you know, what is it <sighs> yeah. it surrounds us and it penetrates us and it binds us together <laughs> but it only happens if you got the right blood that's oh, right okay fair and people people believe it or don't believe it even though they can see with their own darn eyes that it works and something i like about it is there's clearly filler because they can't have the whole episode be uh, expensive 
So they've got to like have filler, and the filler is what you end up loving later on because that's where character development happens. Having them like have conversations and just killing time, yeah, shooting the shit. I mean, that's again. I think we've talked about this before, but in like old comics, you know, you you wouldn't have them like fighting constantly, and it wouldn't be a big dramatic event. There'd be times where like Peter Parker is just hanging out at the Daily Bugle and go, "Hey, Betty, what's up?" And then blah blah blah. I'm like, "Oh, now I really like these characters," yeah, you yeah. know. But if they're always constantly, it's all important. So if and, that yeah. feel, and that's what the movies feel like is like we can't waste any time they're all plot go go yes. go 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 they're go plot, go nobody yeah. sleeps in a star wars movie <laughs> no let's see you at the can- cantina shooting the shit for 10 minutes sure what, what are you talking about what are your yeah. dreams what are your hopes well, what do you like to drink bone broth eh good to know <laughs> yeah, it's like in the first movie when he's sitting in ben's cave i guess it is <laughs> talking they're just talking for like five, 10 minutes or something like that it's like a you know, like you need breathers in movies, but I guess nowadays people have a hard time with breathers in movies. Movies just have to like be constantly. Blah. Did you yeah. two fans Not all explain movies, the latest to Star Wars? We haven't seen. We hadn't seen it when we we did like uh we did like oh I guess we're not supposed to talk about this on this episode. <laughs> oh, see, I've, I've uh, broke the. Well, third what we wall. can tell you is the last episode of Fan Splainers, which is available now, we talk about every Star Wars movie that isn't the most recent one. Now, whatever the next movie we're going to talk about, I can't say. <laughs> but we've talked about every movie of Star Wars that isn't the one that's most recent. Yeah, right. Whatever we're going to talk about next, that's God's will. Sure. Yeah, but I can say, as a human being, I have seen the movie and have debated it now with friends online considerably. So I can't say too much more <laughs> beyond that. All right. Well, I won't say anything else either. I too saw it and yeah. was hoping. That it was going to be open for discussion, but that's fine. Oh, no. If you want to talk no, about it. that's no. absolutely fine. As human yeah. beings, we can talk <laughs> we about can it. We can talk about it, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what, what are your general feelings without spoiling things for the oh, gentle listeners? I liked it. Very good. Thank then you. you can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It feels like I'm on the internet suddenly. <laughs> no, I'm glad you liked it. I like uh, that anyone would like a thing that is like, I just want people to like things. So that's good. Did you like it? Nope. You did not no, like it? No, I did not uh, like it. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I felt just in general that uh, some nice ideas from the last film uh, were immediately pushed aside mm. and we kind of nostalgied back to, no, 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 no. It's going to be what it was before. And <laughs> I was like, oh, that's too bad because I felt like uh, creatively there's more ideas that could have been explored. It could have got bigger and it seemed, felt like it made it smaller. Mm. But and, and one of my characters that I liked immediately got shelved. Like, just shelf, shelf, shelf. You're over here. Um, yeah. So it was that. I get you. And, and, and they, I mean, this isn't, this isn't really spoiling anything, but like, there's a, there's a, an actor who has passed away. And they, so they use that actor still in this. And to me, it felt like, when Weird Al Yankovic interviews a rock star, <laughs> and you can see, you can tell that they're just looking at previous clips of that rock star, and then Weird Al, at, you know, does a preface to this that you know, then yes. makes sense with what they're saying. But clearly, they're not in the same room at the same time or anything like that. Yes. But they tried to do it for dramatic purposes, and oh lordy, no, that didn't work for me. So a lot of the backs of a head yeah. and another person <laughs> looking at them clearly on a green screen, like Arrested Development, the last season when no one could be in the same room at the same time huh. so there, that to me was a little bit woof. oh yeah no like if we were doing it which we're not doing we're not doing that, anything like that a bunch Clearly of stuff not. that i would go into with that as well <laughs> but i overall i did enjoy it and it was funny because i enjoyed the last one too and yet nobody liked that at the time that i talked to in, in mm-hmm. my little realm of people, people had yeah. strong feelings because about that, they yeah. had 
ideas about stuff. And what I liked about that was that the stuff in that movie, the previous one, yeah. that we are free to talk about, yeah, but yeah. I'm still going to be deliberately vague anyway. <laughs> sure, you're welcome to do that. I remember going in with, I, this is what's going to happen, and then none of what I thought was going to happen <laughs> happened. And I was hurt at first. Like, when I was just about ready to leave at the end of the movie, I was like, I don't know if I like this. And then I played out what I wanted to have happen. And I went, ah, that's boring and dumb, <laughs> not interesting at all. If what I thought should happen would happen. Yeah, and I think I think that's a, the biggest complaint people had about that film was that it didn't. It's not people would say it didn't answer the questions that I had about these characters. That's what they said. But what they meant was the movie didn't do what I wanted it to do with the characters. Like it didn't do with Snoke what I wanted them to do with Snoke. It didn't deal with you know Kylo Ren how I wanted you know so. I kind of, I kind of like that film because I felt like that was a movie where the characters drove the plot rather than the plot drove the characters. The problem with m- many films and Star Wars films too is that because they're they're plot heavy and also they have a they have a a, a self limited situation, right? Like they're it's a trilogy, they say, you know, so they're limiting themselves and they're also they're also making it too open and too limited at the same time. You can't just have like one movie and go, well, that's good. <laughs> we can stop now because we made a really good film. We don't need to carry on. No, they've already like in their mind, it's got to be a trilogy. So they have to like carry on with the story. So you have, so you have the second film and even that film, you could be kind of like, well, that's a good place to end this. You don't really need to do more than this. Like this movie kind of answers itself in a way. Like it doesn't need, more, it doesn't really need a conclusion because we have lots of, there's no really like hanging arcs at the end of it, let's say. Right. So then, but then you have to have a third film because you've already locked yourself into this trilogy idea. So you're stuck with the trilogy now. So that, and then the trilogy is self-limiting though. So you can't have like a fourth film. So you have to do all this answering of things that you want to like have answers to in the third movie. So then you're, you've, you've created this situation where it's just like a, a pell-mell rush to the conclusion. And none of the characters are like, can make their own decisions because they're locked into the, the answers that are at the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, kind of like you went, you went to the end of the movie and you're like, okay, Kylo Ren does this. It has to have this happen. And Ray has to have this happen. And so and so, you know, this character has to have, you know, <laughs> Finn has to have this happen and, and Poe has to have this happen. So you, those are all the like, things you need to get to. So the rest of the film, these characters have to do these things. And when you get to a point where like the character might make a choice based on their personality, you can't have that. Yeah. Because they need to get to this ending point. And so I feel like the films kind of limit themselves in, in that way. And in a way, this becomes kind of like you're just sitting there watching. And inc- to me, it was, an, it was an enjoyable film in the sense that it's well made. It's well acted. The writing was good. There was some good jokes in it. You know, it looked great. Like, you know, but at the same time, you're kind of like, well, this is like, it's so superficial that I'm really not feeling what, I'm not feeling what these characters should be feeling, you know. So yeah, it was a it was a weird it was a weird thing. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, there you go. No, no, it's fine. I think, no, it's fine. Here's well, the thing: was like, exactly right. Finn's, because I think Finn's, if you like Star Wars, it's gonna it gives you all the Star Wars you could ever ask for. Well, here's here's one of the problems I have, and this is just the first two movies we're gonna talk in this, uh, this trilogy thing. Is Finn offers a really interesting like there's interesting ideas that sure. can't be paid off, uh, and it's like Finn offers the really interesting idea of. You know, stormtroopers feel stuff. Like you see, a stormtrooper bleeds, mm-hmm. and and like the blood on on his mask. Like, oh shit, I've never seen a stormtrooper bleed before. Oh yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah. And then he like takes off his mask, like, oh, he's a person. And yeah. then he goes like, yeah, um, I was I he's was having ki- a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, I was kidnapped as a as a child. Oh wait, 
Are these child soldiers? These are child soldiers. Oh, shit. Okay, well, then you got to free these stormtroopers. Or this for sure means there's somewhere where there's young kids that are right now being raised as stormtroopers. Like, for sure, that's happening. So we've got to go get them, right? And and all Finn does when he shoots like another stormtrooper is goes, woohoo! And I'm like, okay, two things. One, you probably know them. And remember how that disturbed you when the guy was bleeding on your face? And now you're making the people bleed on your face. And two... Why are you you're happy that the people who don't have uh, choice are are fighting? Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you even have in that uh, first movie, uh, Kylo Ren's like uh, freaking out, and uh, two stormtroopers come in, and go, "Ooh, yep. boy!" And they turn <laughs> heel and they leave. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, yeah, they're freaked out. They've got common sense. They're people. So, like, oh, why am I gonna be happy to see them blow up? You know, so so you've now taken away my love of uh, the bad guys being killed. You know, you've you've right. gone like these Nazis are actually kidnapped children <laughs> yes. that are raised as Nazis that yeah. would rather leave if they could um, and don't have a choice. So sure, mm, like, it brings out my reaction to the World War II, World War One sequence in Wonder Woman, where the Germans are being killed, and I'm like. You know, these guys are just the same as the British. They're just yeah. like a bunch of a bunch of <laughs> dum dums who didn't know what they were getting themselves into, and now they're in the shit. And now you're treating them like they're they're Nazi enemies who are just like you know could be just killed. You know, like and now someone with the power of a god yeah, is yeah, killing them. Yeah, killing them all, and you're just kind of like, well, this doesn't seem very fair. You know, like yeah. she should be saving everyone, not just one side. But it's okay because she pre- protected that town, yeah. which immediately everyone got killed in <laughs> a little bit later. So. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> everyone feels everyone feels good. So that yeah, Finn's got a weird story with that. Yeah. And also Ray's whole thing in the first two movies is, you know, I want to know who my parents are. Yeah. I have no idea who my parents are. Okay, you know who doesn't either? Finn. Finn <laughs> is a kidnapped child. You know, I know you're saying, you know, your parents you saw them leave and then you were raised by them. Yeah. And Finn, the same deal, yeah. right there. Isn't that their connection to each other? Yeah, shouldn't we look up, like, who your parents were? Do you have family? I know your parents were killed, but, like, you must have other family. Where? Could you look that up? Do we care about that? Nope, that's not at all. It's the same fucking thing, but no. All right, no, you're more important, Ray. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> and, like, oh, I love R2-D2 and C-3PO. Okay, well, then you're going to love this. R2-D2 is asleep. <laughs> For the whole movie. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I had him on my night sheets and the curtains and the action figure. Yeah, yeah, but he's snoozing. But he'll do stuff later. <laughs> yeah, sure, probably. Yeah. Like C-3PO? <laughs> he'll have a line. <laughs> <sighs> and so on and so forth. Yes. No, it's fun to nitpick. Yeah. Yes, Man- it's fun to nitpick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I shouldn't say it's nitpicking. It's the logic. When you start to apply the logic to it, it's, it's, it's great. Well, one thing I like <laughs> about fun. The Mandalorian, too, is yeah. for the longest time, uh, and this is something I tweeted as well, but like for the longest time, people took Star Wars and went, we're going to do jokes about Star Wars. We're going to nitpick the funniness of Star Wars. Every last bit of Star Wars, we're going to do a parody of or an angle of or whatever. And it's like, that's all fine. You're making comedy out of Star Wars. Yeah. Now they're doing new Star Wars. They're playing it straight. There's still some jokes. Mm-hmm. But we're casting comedians in Star Wars. 
And they're great. Like everyone who's like a comedian in there is like doing a really nice job. Bill Burr did a nice yeah, job. Bill Burr did a nice job. Yeah. Brian Posehn did a nice job. I believe it was it was. I'm trying to think if it was Horatio Sands or Bobby Moynihan, but he was like in the in the first one. They did a nice job. Mm. Uh, Taiko Watiti, you, you know, a, a, a good job as the uh, as the uh, droid. Richard Ayo. Uh, Richard Ayo. Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. Yeah. You get all these people with comedic chops, and they're able to do these surreal characters and play them at a nice high level yeah and it's like get them and then get some real weirdos get your <laughs> Werner Herzogs and get weird Shakespearean actors mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who else is in the thing but they've they you know in the latest episode a, a new actor comes in and you're like oh that's a good call <laughs> no spoilers I, I know but it's like nice uh, here we go Carl yeah. Weathers yeah get Carl Weathers in there that's that's good well, what's what's what I've enjoyed about it is what you say is the conversational. It feels like a '70s movie in some, some ways. Like it's very low key. Mm-hmm. It's not like super hyped. Like everyone's just kind of like walking, yeah, and just getting getting there. Because like the '70s, they don't have infinite money, <laughs> so we got to have a scene in a bar for ten minutes. <laughs> that's fine though, I mean, which is great as long as you can fill it with some interest, and that's probably the good part about having hiring comedians and having good actors is people who can, you know portray a character and not not just con- convey a plot you know because the plot just like you know these are like i say these are very tv episode the plots are pretty obvious you rise mm-hmm. on the planet there's some you know there's a babies group, in danger group of there's a group of people you know they're kind of of you know some farmers you know oh yo jimbo or you know like what's or seven samurai from the movie uh oh yo jimbo yeah <laughs> <laughs> Seven Samurai, you know, something like that's going to happen, right? Like, as soon as you see, you just know the plot, right? Because this is an old story. And they're just going to make a TV show version of it. So sit back and enjoy it. But but then they have, like, Gina Carada in that episode. And she's great. You know, she's an actual fighter. So you get to see watch good fight sequences. Plus, they have good conversations. And the characters get to develop a little bit, you know? Have they called him Mando all the way through it? Or did they just suddenly yeah. stop calling or start calling him Mando? No, that's, I think, from almost the Yeah, okay. Because I didn't yeah. notice it at first. And so oh, okay. I was like, hey, Mando. And I went... Call him Mando. Some more people didn't. That, is that what you call a Mandalorian? Like, can you call yeah. all of them? It's Mandos? confusing in that there's a you know Lando is you know Lando Calrissian. Like, do you call him Lando? No, it's Mando. My hope is, of course, in the final episode, he takes off his helmet and he's a Yoda underneath as well. And his ears just go. Yeah, I hope he doesn't take off his mask. No, I don't think he will. I think that's a great gimmick and something that if you if you do if you do finally do it. You basically end up with whatever that thing that you wanted in that TV show to happen. When it happens, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. good. I'm good now. Thanks. Well, he doesn't. Here's a question. Has he ever eaten on the in, in the show that you can think of? Like, he's usually like uh, the baby wants something. Mm. You're going to have something? No. Or you see like he's got his meal at the window and he's taken off his helmet. But but yeah. he hasn't. Is he eat? Have you seen? Of course, you can't see him eat yeah, because yeah. he's got the mask mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I'm just going to throw this out as an idea. As much as he hates droids, is he a droid? No. Why? I don't think so. He's the self-loathing droid. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why? Well, what do you mean, why? Uh, well, like, you've, why s- you've said no. But why is so he a it's droid? now up to you to tell I me why no. Because he could be anything. No, no. I think he's a... I think in order to be a Mandalorian, you have to be, you have to be human. But if you never take off your mask, how, uh, how will they know that you're, uh, that you're uh, not, uh, not a droid underneath? Because he's got a very droidy voice. 
He's because, got that, well, because he's, he's got, got, his got mask that on. kind. I know, but if you're a droid, yeah. you put on the mask. Now you've got robot voice anyway. Uh, kind of works. I mean, his whole thing is, I hate droids. Yeah. Can't stand droids. Do not care for droids. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, who would hate a droid? So you think that's his, another droid? You think that's his uh, way he's hiding? He's like a secret droid. Could be pretending. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I think he's three Jawas. Oh, I love that. Because <laughs> isn't like the Mandalorian? <laughs> Isn't the story that he was taken into the into the he became a Mandalorian because his parents were killed or whatever, and that was the organization that gave him a, a home? Let me throw this out at you. It's a pretend story. Let me throw this out at you. All right, you're seeing you're seeing all this go down. What if he was one of the fighters who killed? I did was it was was fighting all of them, and his traumatic memory isn't that he's the child, but he's someone that killed the child. Now here's where we go with that. Okay, he gets an opportunity now to kill another child. And he goes, nope, not doing that again, because that's what fucked me up. So I'm going to make amends for killing that child that you thought I was this whole time, because you were taking the flashback the wrong way. Mm. I'm going to look after this child. Yeah. And you know who I hate? Droids. Why Why do I not trust droids? Because I was a droid. And I know my programming told me to, to, to kill, but something fucked me up when I killed that kid, and I got some sort of free will. There you go, and you move on with that. Huh? That's no. my idea. <laughs> I know it's your idea, but I don't think it's true. Well, it's nothing, nothing's true, Dave. And also, everything can be rewritten. <laughs> is there, uh, well, the is there too that. many foundlings all of a sudden in the Star Wars universe? Like there everybody, yeah, every, yeah. every time I see a new one, someone's pulling a kid out of a hole and their parents are gone. Yeah, it's a real Disney, a lot of nephews <laughs> lying around. All, ri- all the stories are written by Roald Dahl. <laughs> Every one of them. Because <laughs> in Rogue One, right, she she was put in a hole and Forrest Whitaker found her. Yeah, yeah. And then Amando had that deal and now the, the, the child has his, sure, whatever we, his deal is. We have so now you know where babies we come from. <laughs> Coming from a hole? Yeah, the opposite of the, of the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> well, because it's a great... It spits out kids. I mean, <laughs> you know, like people say that uh, George Lucas basically wrote Star Wars from reading Joseph Campbell... That Joseph Campbell book about heroes, and so he takes that. If he, taking that as his sort of like his his beginning, his outline, that's one of the things. Right, is the the child, the parentless hero, like the person who's unconnected to any part of the culture. He kind of stands alone, so he's not. Mm. He's a sort of rootless character, and then they, you know, they have to go through their through their various ch- trials in order to reach their their endpoint of their of their their hero heroic arc. So. You know, and it's not, it's like a great way, it's basically, it is a great way to start a story. I mean, that's why so many stories that we read have, you know, have that as like your beginning thing. Even if it's not, even if it's not the parent dying, the parent's gone. Like, go back as far as like a childhood to the cat in the hat. The cat in the hat story starts with the parent, the mom leaving the house, leaving the kids by themselves. Then they become prey to the cat in the hat. <laughs> this, cat this trickster character. Cat. Yeah, this character shows up. <laughs> you know, like, So you're saying the cat in the hat's really the mom? Coming right back. You're right, Ian. Or the you mom's have, been the cat the whole time? The whole you know, time. like James and the Giant Peach, the Roald Dahl story, the, parent, the parents are dead. The boy has to live with his two evil aunts. Or The Witches by Roald Dahl, where the parents die in a car accident. Or Danny Champion of the World, where the mom has died. All these stories, they... Every they, Disney movie they in take the world, away, yeah. They take away, yeah, you take away the, the foundation of a person's life 
and then you sort of set them adrift into this world. Well, there's okay. There's the other way of looking at it, which is just if they have parents, you're constantly going, "What do the parents think? Why aren't the parents stopping this? Yeah, yeah. Are the, should we cut or back to the parents, to parents and see? Yeah. Can, should we cut back to the parents and see where, if the parents are looking for the kid? Because yeah. parents should be looking at the kid dead. Okay, yeah. let's just push the story forward. <laughs> you take well, away. Yeah. yeah, it just takes away that. So it gives you like a good launch point for a character. Yeah, that's that can just kind of go out there into the world without any. But also, it doesn't and have any, most sitcoms. But do doesn't have guidance. That's least. why they need to find their mentor character, right? <laughs> That's also part of the heroic journey is the mentor character. So if your parent, most people in their life, your parents are your mentors up to a point, then you you reach adulthood and you find new mentors. But you know these characters, they don't have those as mentors, so they have to find the mentor who will then take them on their heroic journey. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's part of those films, uh, part of those stories as well. Whether you know, so for instance, the witches, the ant is the mentor character to the little boy, you know, or James the Giant Peach. The, which character is he? The centipede? There's one of the characters that kind of is the mentor character to James in, okay. in the Peach. I haven't seen it for a while or read, I read it for the, a while. Yeah, me neither. That's why I can't I saw, read exactly. it and I saw it as well. Yeah. Uh, a million years ago. A million years ago, probably, yes. So just, but those are all like, you know, like, so you need these various stages. So, so for the interesting thing, to me, the interesting thing about Baby Yoda in The Mandalorian is that he is almost the mentor to the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Okay. Because he... well, because, It's a big theory. Go ahead. Well, because it's, a big, it's a big idea. He, the, he, finding him is the reason that the Mandalorian's life has changed yep. so much, right? Like, So we start off with this story where he finds his little creature. Who's supposed to kidnap or kill. Supposed to kidnap or kill. When the moment comes to kill, he opts not to. And when the other character, the droid, yep. who doesn't have sen- sentimentality obviously just goes well we just kill it and then we can get over- get through this thing easily yeah logical He's, yeah no <laughs> kill this a threat to the to the child and then that i don't think he's attached right away i think he just wants he's basically just I, having said that i don't i don't even know if he kills that character because he wants to kill the child or if he just wants to get rid of the other person he has to share the the uh bounty the bounty with yeah oh because he doesn't because at some point he he says that he's his enemy. Like, remember when he goes back to get the armor and he tells a person that he can't have the thing that he killed as an emblem because he had help from his enemy to kill it. So it wasn't like a pure kill. So he has like, he doesn't have any emblem on his new, um, I can't really call it that kind of right. special kind of By the way, some, uh, we got some spoilers here for, uh, as you can oh, tell. Oh, I'm sorry. No, sorry. this is, this is fine. But I like, I like later on though when he like he he hasn't got the respect of the other people in his religion until they see that like oh you're going against you know the, yeah. the initial thing and it's yeah. like yep that's right and but, then they respect the the choice he's made mm-hmm. instead of no you can't it's this yeah, is the, yeah. way of the thing it's like nope good point yep that is that but that, as an organization they support each other so whatever choice he makes they they'll back yep. him on it it know? is the way. It is the way, exactly. This is the way. I have spoken. <laughs> Which I really... Yeah, yeah they got some good phrases. Yeah. They got some good phrases. They, yeah. they know that part of Star Wars. Sure. Because you haven't really, in, in, the, in the prequels, nor the, these, these two movies that we can talk about, uh, what are the catchphrases? Yeah. You ain't got them. But Mandalorian, knocking them out. <laughs> knocking them out. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Something to put on a pillow. Are you, would you consider yourself a huge Star Wars fan? No. No. But do you I look forward a, to them coming out? I here I have sort of a weird relationship with okay. Star Wars because Star Wars killed my father. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow. <laughs> yeah. That sounds very Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I was found by The Empire Strikes Back. I was found, I was found by Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> so, and raised as its own. So was was Empire your entry point in Star Wars? No. Oh, okay. um, uh, 1977, I'm at a real high point of not believing anything my brother says. Right? My brother has already spread <laughs> countless lies to me okay. about all sorts of nonsense. Some that yeah. turned out to be true, uh, but were presented in such a way that they could only be lies. Like when we were in Disneyland and he pointed at a building and said, No, we'll go in there. There's pirates in there. You go down a waterfall. <laughs> and I, as a six year old, looked at this building and said, What are you talking about? I'm yeah. not going in there. Especially if there's pirates. <laughs> and he said, No, no, no. They're robot pirates. Because <laughs> that's. What are you talking about? It's worse. <laughs> Robot pirates? No, no, it's fine. They set the they set the town on fire. I'm not going in there. I said, no, no, it's not real. No, it's, it's not... a there's this whole wench auction. <laughs> well, am I a wench? No, but you know, well, they think I'm a wench. None of it made sense to the very literal Jason Dedrick. Same with the country yeah. bears. We'll go see the bears. I'm not going to. <laughs> Don't they sing and dance? So you didn't go? No, I didn't. Wow. Oh, no, it was an awful trip. Anyway, so... <laughs> but they're robots, Jason. Yes, exactly. They're <laughs> well, robots. I can't shoot them then. <laughs> then they'll just keep coming at me. No. Nothing in Disney. All right, we're going to the Hall of Presidents. Well, they've killed more people than anybody. <laughs> Very dangerous. They, the, the one who dropped the atomic bomb twice? <laughs> Is he, he a robot? <laughs> Does he still have access to the button? <laughs> but did he awful. say, we're going to go to the Haunted Mansion? You're like... Sure. No, no. I mean, as soon as I saw the haunted match, it's just like, no. I was pathetic. I was pathetic. I didn't go on the Jungle Cruise. Wow. What's the uh, what's the haunted mansion full of? Oh, people that went to the pirate ride. People that got mauled by the bear. The bear people. No. Yeah, if you die in no. Disneyland, right to the haunted mansion, sucked up like your Ghostbusters. What a boring, what a boring trip you must have had. It was an awful trip, and I came back, and I remember doing show and tell in grade one. People like, well, how is Disneyland? I said, I don't know. I didn't see much. I remember in the in the in the, in the opening credits of the office where uh, uh, Michael is sort of pointing to people like he's it's just a quick clip but it's yeah. kind of that you have a question kind of a thing yeah. this is what I'm fielding but I'm giving these shit answers and I'm loving it like well how did you get around uh, if you were scared of everything my father carried me and the other question your father carried you the whole time Yes, otherwise I would pretend I was asleep. How about you over there? You pretended you were asleep only for about 15 minutes. Only once the parade went by because I didn't like the monsters in the parade. You have a princess kept trying to kiss me and wake me up. You, you okay. missed the electrical parade? Oh, my yeah. God. That much electricity? How can that be safe? Yeah, how can that... In my brain! <laughs> that, ladybug will dead. Ex- that ladybug will explode. Do you know the amount of evil witches in that one part? <laughs> Good God! You got to play dead. Oh, but it's a small so, world. You're okay with it's a small I world. I liked it's a small world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked uh, the Mr. Toad's uh, mild ride. We didn't see Mr. Toad for whatever reason. I, I don't know Carousel. if it was there then. It was there because it was an opening day attraction. Okay, but we didn't go on it because we were going to come back the next day. Oh, okay. until um, I had a big fit in the parking lot because we we're like, "Well, we're back to Disneyland today." And I'm like, "What are you? What are you? I remember this. What are you talking about?" What are we? <laughs> I just barely made it through. That's right. What are we going there for? <laughs> That's we're going to go in with some stuff. Well, we were just there yesterday. <laughs> Little six-year-old. You sound like Mickey Mouse. We're That's just a... there. What, I mean, what, what, what did we see? You know, like that. I'm pleading. I'll tell you what. I'll stay in the hotel, I said. I'll stay in the hotel and I'll lock the door and I'll just watch TV. And Dad's like, no, you're not staying in the hotel. <laughs> well, Mom will stay with me. You know, your mom's not staying with you. We're going into Disneyland. Said, well, we were just there. So I convinced him to not go. Oh, my God. And so now I'm the little What a monster. 
Exactly. Oh, we're all walking wow. back to wherever we came from. And I'm like, so what are we going to do, guys? Now the day is ours. I've got that kind of attitude. Oh, it's just an awful memory. <laughs> so we go to Knott's Berry Farm. Well, that's the same bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go in the Calico Mine. I was terrified. Again, my I do like I do like Knott's Berry Farm a lot. We went on the train. Mum and I get on the train. I yeah. think Robin and Dad were on the train, too. It's stopped by bandits. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Again, Mr. Lit- literal, I was like, what kind of a business is this? I had a dime in my pocket that I'd found. Yeah. I remember I had my hand over the dime. I was touching the dime. And we're boarded by these bandits. And they got guns, yeah. right? And a mask up over their face and a sack. And the guy comes in and he holds it out to somebody. Wow. And he, somebody, and he holds it out to somebody. And he's coming closer. Nobody's giving him anything. And I'm like, well, what the hell is going on here? I got my dime. And he looks at me. And he moves on, and I'm like, what the, this doesn't make any sense. Mom had a watch. Like, she has a watch. I'm out. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but uh, everything uh, was. Anyway, so the following year, Star Wars comes out, yeah. and my brother comes home and says, there's this awesome movie. you got to go see it. Yeah. And he describes to me the characters. There's a, there's a boy, and there's a princess. And there's the old man, and there's these two robots, and there's funny, the one's always yelling at the other one and hitting him. <laughs> and they got like these um, laser swords, and there's a, Greg, there's a guy like Bigfoot, but he's got a gun. And I was like, this just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Why is it? No, it's so good. It's We're going to go see Alice doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show all of you. <laughs> so I didn't see Star Wars. Yeah. I had the toys. You went to the conversation instead. That's right. <laughs> and in defiance of law logic for the toys, I got a land speeder, C3PO, <laughs> R2D2, a Jawa, oh, and yeah. the power droid. Wow. Those, <laughs> those were my guys. Yeah. And then when the Empire Strikes Back came out, again everybody was all hyped, and I said, Oh, I saw the trailer for that. I didn't say trailer because I didn't know that was what it was called. Preview. I saw the preview of it at the drive thru. Yeah. I said, eh, it's probably not going to be any good. You know, I have that attitude now. It's that kind of guy. Jeez. And so when it came out, I remember people saying, you know who Darth Vader is? Turns out it's Luke Skywalker's dad. And I'm like, it's not. I wouldn't go see it. I had no way to prove it otherwise. But I did not believe that that was, in fact, the truth. So, again, I didn't see it. And I don't know what it was that uh, made me want to see it. But I remember seeing it uh, for the first time in about 82 Okay. Star Wars at a kid's birthday party. I said, please, I want to see the Star Wars. Can you rent it? It, it and the jerk. It was the double feature. Okay, that's not bad. <laughs> birthday that's party. a good That's a good double bill. <laughs> and now I had the epiphany of seeing Star Wars for the first time with a bunch of kids that had seen it probably ten times. <laughs> and I'm like, this is really good. I'm laughing. I'm <laughs> loving the whole thing. Why didn't anybody tell me about this? Whole... <laughs> it was a quiet art house movie. Uh... <laughs> kind of came and went. You've never seen... <laughs> My God, Star Wars was in theaters for ever, at least yeah. a year. It still is. It's still in theaters. <laughs> That's yeah. how long it's been in theaters. Yeah, yeah. So the first one I saw new was Return of the Jedi, okay. and when everybody dumped on it at the time, I was like, "What are you talking about? This is great! Don't you love these characters? What an experience! <laughs> Seeing it in the theater for the first time, like we all are." <laughs> and then the prequels came, and then I was excited-ish for the prequels because now I was on board. And then I was disappointed. I didn't like the way it went, and I didn't see the, the second. And third in the theaters at all. Probably for the best. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, the second, the second one, or whatever that one is. I saw Attack them. of the Clones is a rough, 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 rough ride. I saw them all in the theater, because that's that's me. I mean, I went and saw all three Hobbit movies in the theater as well. And believe me, I went to the last one 
sick to my stomach that I was going to see this stupid movie in the theater. <laughs> but I this felt compelled because I'd already seen the first two. And the reason I saw the second one was because I'd seen the first one, which I didn't like at all. I thought, <laughs> but then I was like, oh, they put the second one on. I guess I should go see it. So I went and saw that. I had to watch it basically twice because the sound ran out near the end of the movie. So they had to start the movie again. And then fast forward through it. Oh, okay. So I'm just watching this movie and fast forward. <laughs> Man, this is an awful film. Even fast forward, it's awful. Wow. Then, I got, then they got to the ending again and started it so I could hear the actual sound. And then, yeah, when the third one came out, I was there again. Oh, well. I guess I'll go see this. This is awful. <laughs> I honestly could not tell you, aside from they washed dishes and sang like they were like the seven dwarfs. Yeah. I could not tell you really what goes down except... We did meet this fellow once who plays, like, the evil orc who's missing body parts. Okay. Uh, Manu is the actor's name, who's also in, like, uh, uh, Arrow as, like, Deathstroke. Uh, but he's a really super sweet, sweet guy. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I remember him because I met the actual guy. But for the rest of the movie, I could not tell you. I could not tell you. I remember, like, uh, the elf Legolas, Legolas uh, shows up at some point and slides down the thing. Of course, he's on the book. He's he's not in the book. No, I, uh, he was just added. Like in. if you ask me, what happens in the middle movie? Not at all. <laughs> well, nothing and then happens. If you, and then if you were to tell me, like, oh, okay, oh, oh and the uh, Gollum shows up for a bit, and they have a they have a little talk. Okay, I remember that riddles. And then uh, <laughs> that's a good, that good part. Yeah, it's fine. And then uh, if you ask me what happens in the middle movie, no clue. And if you ask me how it ends, no clue at all. And I yeah. saw it. Yeah. I sat and watched it. <laughs> sure. I remember there was a nice lady who's the wasp now who's from Vancouver. I saw her. She was in it. She's there. She's yeah, doing sure things. Is. She's shooting things in front of a green screen like everyone else. Sure is. Uh, they hop uh, on barrels at one point, which I go, yeah, like, I guess in the sure video is. game this will be tricky. <laughs> I'm watching. I guess that was the ad for the video game. The, oh, oh, the uh, the dragon. That's uh, Smaug. Smaug. Smaug has a little talk uh, with uh, so Sherlock and Watson have a little talk and like, hey, they were Sherlock and Watson, and like, oh, they are also in the Marvel movie. That's a guy, the friend of the Black guy, Panther, guy smiling, and uh, Doctor Strange guy, and he sits on it, gold. Uh, yeah. Well, the best part of that, the whole thing, is that I believe at the end of the second film they kill Smog. They shoot smog with an arrow. Yeah, because he's got one weak spot, like in a video game, which yeah, again yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, that'll be the hard level. bit to get. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> the one loose. So like they, they, that's where the book ends. So you're like, well, the book's done. There's a whole other movie. <laughs> is this where the book ends? It's mostly paperwork. Isn't it like? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't. It was a clean kill. I know, but you gotta. <laughs> you gotta it was justified. One, well, yeah, one guy says it was racial. <laughs> he breathed. <laughs> he breathed fire first. Racially motivated. Yeah, no, it was... It was, it was a flame war. <laughs> it was so it was so painful. But yeah, I was still compelled to go. So yeah, with, same with the Star Wars prequels. Even though I thought The Phantom Menace was... I thought it was okay. Like, And I kind of made a mistake of taking uh, Mary when she was very small to it. So I thought, oh, well, she won't get all of it. But she, it's a Star Wars film, so it has, we'll have some fun parts of it. It's a little kid in it. Oh, no, it did not have any fun parts in it Oh, for kids to watch. She didn't even like the pod race? No. What about Jar Jar? I think the kids love Jar Jar. I think she was so disconnected by that point that uh, I think she was only six, which is a you know a bit too young for that stuff, to be honest. I didn't. I thought you know what she's gonna love? Talk about taxation, trade embargoes. <laughs> this girl's gonna be so down on trade embargoes. Hey, honey, did you see one of them was an ET? <laughs> huh? Cool. Pretty good Easter egg. <laughs> what one of the what are the yep people in the Senate? Yep. Oh. Yeah, there's a little couple of ETs are there. Uh, Naked. <laughs> you know, any clothes That's shocking. Set. To be fair, Chewbacca is as well. well. I guess you're right. When he's not wearing his is he? Mandalorian. How do you know that's not his clothes? Well, you can see his dick. <laughs> that's a giveaway. 
And if you get the HD version of the uh, okay. thing. Okay, I won't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was a killer conversation right there. Well, let's move on from Star Wars. Everyone. Let's move on. All right, I'm just going to move on to uh, our letters, and we can still talk about other letters. things. We get letters. letters. Oh, get... here's a question, Jason. Yes. Uh, turkeys. Uh, when are you an eater of turkey? Sure, I'm an eater of turkey. Unless that's a sexual. <laughs> that's sure. No. Uh, in HD, you can see it. I mentioned to Dave uh, last week that uh, quite often a turkey is dry. To which Dave went, "My turkeys are never dry." And the idea of a dry turkey was ridiculous to David. Uh, are you familiar with dry turkeys? I am familiar with dry turkey. Very good. Me, me yeah. as well. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, I made a turkey this a this week. It was not dry, yeah. and people remarked on it because it was like, well, turkey's normally dry. I went, thank you, everyone, <laughs> for one, enjoying my turkey, yeah. and two, for uh, is that a sexual saying I'm right. <laughs> yeah. They were all my family members. What is this, Oedipus's Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Do you see what I see? Because I can't see nothing. My mom, my mom. <laughs> Oh my god, my mom. <laughs> I'm glad my dad's not around to see this. But then technically neither am I. There <laughs> we go. Bum, bum, bum. We're trying to make... Uh, uh, well, I, I cooked turkey again this year and it wasn't dry. Right. I don't have that problem. I feel like it was a problem with a certain generation of people, i.e. our parents' generation, that they overcooked turkeys for a reason I don't understand. So people wouldn't die. <laughs> but Okay. No, if you undercook a fowl, you're gonna you're gonna be really ill. So you're, you're not gonna die necessarily. Well, not you you'll just, be sick. You may just have the poops, and then you'll be. Uh, you'll I don't a, know. You lose a bit of weight. And who doesn't like the poops? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just lose a little weight. People are like, wow, sure. You know what I found at Christmas time is <laughs> you undercook the turkey. You don't put any weight on. Nope. It's nice. I think it is quite dangerous to undercook a, a turkey. Um, so our questions were: How do you do your turkey fixings? Uh, if you don't do turkey, what do you do? And also, uh, life is all, all I want for Christmas is blank. Was a question we asked uh, our friend uh, Nina. Uh, first of all, she commented on um, there was a little typo uh, in the, in our in our tags uh, that made things a little dirty. So uh, look look on um, I, sneakydragon.com. I fixed, I fixed it. Oh, very good. Then forget that. <laughs> all the fun is gone. <laughs> yes. First of all, she uh, uh, Nina Nina writes that she's sorry for being a complainy pants in the comments lately. Don't be. No, not at all. That's fine. So, we don't mind you complaining. Not at, not at all. Uh, and se- and second, I've had uh, three very moist turkeys in my life. Two of them were smoked, and the other was brined. Every other turkey I've had has been uh, pretty dry. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, the odds of getting a dry turkey are much more often than getting a uh, moist and tender turkey. Uh, I'm not talking about other people's turkey. I was saying my turkeys. Okay. I don't have that. Problem. Have you had dry turkey at other people's homes? Yeah, of course. My mom cooks your turkey till it's dead. All right, very good. Dead the second time. Right. It starts out alive, yeah. in all fairness. <laughs> also, uh, Nina continues uh, writing, saying that uh, we, we put up that Vampire Beetle song, I Vaunt to uh, Bite Your Neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said it was the best thing she's heard all year. Uh, all year. Uh, also, uh, she responds to the question of the week, uh, saying, My family stopped doing turkey years ago. We have snow crab legs instead. One leg per person. Uh, we also don't celebrate Thanksgiving since we're Japanese. So the only time I get to have turkey these days is if I go to a Christmas party or buy a pre-made turkey meal at Safeway for Thanksgiving. Though this year for Thanksgiving, I went to uh, What's Up Hot Dog and had a space wiener and a can of PBR. What's Up Hot Dog is a hot dog place near our place here. Okay. That's uh, quite good and named after uh, a phrase from a podcast. Um, our friend Louise writes us. 
saying uh, a couple of years ago, someone told my mom that a turkey stays moisture if moister if you roast the turkey with the breast side down. So she's been doing it that way ever since. You flip it over uh, for the last hour of cooking. That way the juices run from the dark meat and keep the white meat from drying out. I did do that. Um, cooking stuffing inside the turkey is safer if you use a mesh turkey stuffing bag. Then pull it out before you carve the turkey. If you leave the stuffing in too long while the turkey cools, bacteria can start growing uh, in it as the cavity doesn't cool off as fast as the outside of the bird. Also, do not overstuff. My mom does some of the stuffing in a foil packet in the oven and some in the bird, mixes it all together. Plenty of stuffing for all. Yeah, that is a problem, is the stuffing, by the time the stuffing is uh, cooked, or the, the the stuffing is cooked, the bird is overcooked. Uh, or it's, you know, that's uh, that's one of the reasons you don't put the stuffing in the turkey. I can't believe I'm alive. Yeah. Only been eating it for 50 years. Hey, oh. Yes. What a miracle man I am. <laughs> And uh, Louise goes on to say... Continue all I, to walk around. There we go. All Louise... Uh, so strange. All right. I'm still still reading our friend uh-huh. Louise. Okay. Uh, all I want for Christmas is Louise is good physical and mental health, or at least good medical care for my family and friends who are experiencing pain and loss of enjoyment of life. Seconded on that absolutely good health to all of our listeners and to our friends at this table here. And to ourselves, selfishly, let us say. <laughs> Um, and uh, she goes on to say, uh, not sure if the description was clear, but to clarify, you start off with the bird breast side down, <laughs> then flip it over. We get it, we get uh, it. Then there are descriptions on the internet of how to do it, and uh, and uh, then I... Put- I'm really good at flipping the bird. Oh, excellent. Ba-dum-dum. Well played. Thank you, Louise. Chris Roberts writes, you've already got two of the best tips for roast turkey, Ian. First, ignore Dave. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> what? No. Uh, herb butter under the skin and Jeez, placing Chris. the bird breast side down to begin with. Did them both. A third one is to place a layer of thickly cut onions and carrots on the roasting tin. Pour in enough apple juice to cover. Then sit the... I thought it was sit on top of the bird. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. No, then sit the bird on top. This not only prevents any accidental frying when the turkey touches the tray, it also helps prevent dryness and makes a fab base for gravy. Now that my meat-eating days are behind me, our family will be settling down to a mushroom wellington, uh, portobello mushrooms, smothered in a fancy kind of nut roast and wrapped up in puff pastry, plus all the usual trimmings. Tried uh, this year, and it was great. And now he goes on to list some more spooky Beatles songs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Love Me Boo. Nice. Things We uh, Bled Today. Okay. Good. The Ghoul on the Hill. Love it. All You Need Is Blood. Okay. Eleanor Rigor Mortis. That's good. And you know my name. Look up the number of the beast. Nice. Happy wow. Christmas. Those are all good. We, last week we were we started riffing on uh, Beatles songs with uh, they're actually like Halloween titles because there was like a 1964 song of like I I want to uh, I want to bite your neck. That's right. Which which again Nina says was the best thing she's heard in years. Because, what a sad life. <laughs> well, it's, I, I mean, here's the other thing. Yeah. She has listened to a lot of our episodes well, in that's, years. Well, that's a sad And we in. did not top I Want to Bite Your Neck. <laughs> Ever. <Damn>. Wow. <laughs> okay. Deep order. Well, especially because the funny part of it is it's got like a group singing the actual song I Want to, like the Beatles song in the background, that changing I Want to Hold Your Hand to I Want, I want to bite, bite Your Neck. But then it has another guy who's just speaking those lines over top of that. So as if someone was playing a song... And then just talking over it, and then it was released as a single, and people bought it. It's the cra- craziest part of it. The other fun part of it, as I said to Ian later, was uh, I was uh, he sent me the link, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to put it at the end of the show." So I like went onto my computer, and then I put in, you know, uh, "I want to bite your neck," 
And then it turned up there was on compilation Halloween volume 19 of, uh, of Halloween songs. I, I want to, so there's, so the other thing is, important thing to think of is there's 18 more CDs that that's, that, that's, that thought they were more important than that song on the 19 CD. Woo. Anyway, go on, Ian. Very good. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Mick Elliott, who gave us a uh, delightful uh, book last week, uh, Squidge Dibley Destroys the Galaxy, uh, which uh, David, uh, David and I have a cameo uh, picture in yeah. uh, so, and gave us a lot of treats, Australian treats. Seasons uh, greetings, Ian and David. Seasons greetings, Mick. Uh, thanks for the fab shout out in episode 420. Hope the, uh, you enjoyed the Australian snacks. We did very much so. Sorry we didn't save any for you, That's Jason. That's all right. Next time. All right. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. They're still going to be all ours. Yeah. Regarding Christmas turkeys, they're uh, not quite as much of a tradition here in Australia. Yeah, they just eat giant spiders there. They just uh, kill the spiders that come into their house. And well, much like Nina's family does, they each have like a crab leg. leg. Yeah, they're like crab A delicious legs. big spider leg. They're like yeah. crab legs. Uh, but it's not much of a tradition here in Australia as it is. Is genuinely blisteringly hot on Christmas Day, and a roast meal becomes something of an endurance test, especially right now with half the country literally on fire. Please send some snow. We will, and we're wishing you well with that. However, I had a bad turkey experience as a child, which turned me off it for life. At a family Christmas lunch, a distant aunt had pre-cooked a turkey and brought it along uh, cold. However, the turkey had not been properly plucked and was covered with long hairs, uh, which resembled, I realized later, pubic hairs. Uh, Added to this, the turkey was rubbery as hell, so the effect was pretty much like trying to chew a rubber scrotum, I imagine, anyway. (laughs) We've all been there, right, fellas? You were in the music. You know what that's like. Oh, sure. That's right. uh... Uh, I tried to discard the drumstick. I was eating after one bite. My parents insisted that I eat the whole thing so as not to insult the aunt who had cooked it. Uh, strangely enough, I never had any craving for a Christmas turkey since that day, but I have had one for rubber scrotums. No, that's not true. Uh, almost 40 years ago. Hope your turkey experiences are better than this one. P.S. I'm sending you a little Christmas artwork via email. Yes. That's very nice. It was uh, Sneaky Dragon sitting on some eggs. Oh, very, very nice. Saying Eggs Dedrick, which, by the way, I made this year. And how'd it go for- over? Great. And if you want to see the recipe for that, uh, we have that on uh, our Sneaky Dragon uh, YouTube page. Yes. So um, we cook it and give you the recipe. There you are. So 25 minutes of me stirring. <laughs> it's a stirring episode, as they say. So here's I'm going to I'm just going to go a little bit uh, back to uh, trivia because we're going to wrap up the episode. Oh, we're getting towards wrap gonna up. You're going to be time. that way, are you? I'm going to be that way. And I'm going to say uh, you were talking about uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mm, I was. In yeah. Mickey Mouse's, uh, or like, you know, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Okay. What character did Toad play? Mr. Fezziwig. There, all right, very oh, good. Oh, wow, very good. All right. You're asking I'm, a guy who, who does, not, does not have a Netflix effects account. All right, who was Netflix. the... Who was oh, the, you do have Netflix. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I thought who was the ghost of Christmas past? Uh, Christmas past was Jiminy Cricket. Very nice. Who was Ebenezer Scrooge? Scrooge McDuck. Okay, so Goofy was Jacob Marley. That's correct. You have drawn uh, Goofy uh, as Jacob Marley pointing at uh, the Sneaky Dragon in yeah. a past title card. That's right. I didn't draw this, the Goofy part. I just Ghost of Christmas Future. Just inserted. Christmas Future. Uh, Peg Leg Pete. Very good. Uh, though <laughs> at the time, he was just referred to as Pete because we, for a while, he had his leg back because <laughs> it was not cool to make fun of a person for having a missing peg, a leg. A peg leg. But uh, as of the new Mickey cartoons, yeah. the leg is gone. And we're back laughing at his stump. <laughs> 
we're not laughing at it stung. We are. That is the thing. It's like every time he shows up, Mickey stump. goes, ha ha, nice leg. Oh, I mean, you don't have one. Nice stump. Good job. And like I always think when I see a cartoon character that's got a disability, how bad an accident was that to lose that when I can see you blown up with dynamite, fall off a cliff. But like sure. what happened to make permanent amputation the only way it could go? It was a choice. Oh. Oh, interesting. I have, you know, I've seen that. There's a person. He's, he's, an, he's an artist. I'll say. And he uh, changed sex, but also cut off his leg at the knee <sighs> and replaced his leg with a wooden leg. Oh, I'm not for. I'm not for the. Uh, I'm not for the wooden leg thing. All right. Final. Final question on the uh, thing. Uh, what was the character who was Ghost of Christmas Present? This is the tricky one to remember the name of this character. <laughs> Willie the Giant. Willie the Giant, who we had previously seen in what cartoon, David? Willie the Giant? Wasn't it Jack and the Giant Giant Killer? The Close, the but it was called Mickey and the, and the Beanstalk? Yes, sir. Which was in which uh portmanteau Disney show? Fancy Free? Yeah, Fun and Fancy Free. Fun and, fun fun and Fancy Free. Uh, yeah, Fun and Fancy Free, that's Very right. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. Well there's only there's also there's also um what was the other one? There was Fun and Fancy Free, Make Melody Melody Time, Melody Time that had like uh, Johnny Appleseed and Paul Bunyan, I think. Yeah, I, I enjoyed those ones. I almost enjoy those more than the uh, the actual <laughs> the actual movies now. Quite the heretic, <laughs> I am. <laughs> hey, speaking of animation, yes, yeah. sir. Just briefly before we do wrap yeah, up, we're yeah, not, not going to wrap up. Don't don't believe me. I in. just have a funny, a funny, a funnyish story. Funny to me because I'm the I'm the goofball in it. Yeah, please <laughs> tell us the goofball thing. I'm... We all come here. Yes. To uh, to do the, the special 400th episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, amongst the guests, one of them is Nick Park. Yeah. Yes. I have never met Nick Park. Me neither. He's a guest of two of your other guests. Yes. On the David show. Fine and Alison Snowden. David Fine. Who, and then you jokingly ask, who here has won an Academy Award? Yeah. And, of course, they put up their hands because they won an Academy Award. And been nominated now three other times. Right. Separately from the time they won. Uh, but Nick also puts up his hand. Correct. And me, not knowing Mr. Park, I think, I wonder what he won an Academy Award for. I believe, let me let me actually, let me, <laughs> no, I think what happened, I think I got the clip here. Uh, let me just play it for you. One okay. Second. Hey, everybody, uh, it's uh, here for the 400th episode. Uh, let's see, has anyone here won an Academy Award? You fucking liar! You didn't win nothing! <laughs> So, Jason, that was you calling <laughs> Nick Park a fucking liar. Oh, I know. It's, I, as and then, I say, and then I'm he says, oh, well, I got more of the clip. Let me just play it for you. Oh, dear. No, actually, I, I, I won for a Wallace and Gromit. Fuck off! No fucking way! Fuck you! Okay, so there, that's the end of that right. clip. Because so you, remember st- how you that started was. to cry after that. No, I'm starting to cry. <laughs> So I think, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> Obviously, maybe maybe he worked with uh, the other two on a on a project. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know. I've never met Nick Park. Yeah. And uh, you didn't know the name. I did not know the name. Okay. Okay. And so <laughs> you see where this is going, right? <laughs> okay. So, the, so he's, he's clearly about, uh, got a park named after. <laughs> <laughs> but then you uh, say uh, talk about putting on some Wallace and Gromit. And how people enjoyed it so much. Oh, no. You put Didn't it on for the family and they did not enjoy it. That's correct. My family did not get the second Wallace and Gromit uh, uh, movie. Yes. And so then I film. figure out, I say, ah, he's worked on Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> right? I'm taking all the context clues. Yes, because he's, he's you visiting here. Jason, you haven't changed at all since you were a little kid. <laughs> so, yes. 
exactly. So I'm like, wow, that's that's cool. So a guy that worked on the Wallace and Gromit and stuff. Yeah. And then they wrap up their stuff and then they leave and they actually leave because I was hoping to ask some questions when I went upstairs, but they were gone. And then as we were tidying up stuff, Ian says, some, even some of the mannerisms that Nick has, you sort of see it in, in, in the Wallace and Gromit characters. And I was like, uh, I think there's, I think there's more to this, but now it's too late. I can't, <laughs> I can't pull this out. <laughs> and so I go home and I said, I gotta look up, <laughs> I gotta look up Nick Park. Yeah. And I go, holy fuck, there's Nick fucking Park. We're sitting here in Ian's basement. Yes. Like this guy has brought so much joy. And I started to play out how much joy because I would talk to everybody about the Wallace and Gromit because you saw them in the uh, Spike and Mike. Mike. Yeah. You know, that was the first time I think that I was. I mean, everyone really knows it from the Chevron ads. I mean, that's the that's really where you, you find the most joy, I suppose. So now I'm I'm trying to describe to Jennifer. I'm yeah. like, say so you wouldn't believe who was who was there. Yeah. And so, but now she's not an animation person, so I'm calling up uh, all of the old <laughs> classics. And of course, the penguin comes in, and I'm like, I forgot about the penguin. I <laughs> take to the to the dog. <laughs> to the camera, but you know, yeah. that, that reaction shot. Yeah. You're just like, holy cow, on the wrong trout. There's not the thing. And I'm like, this is the guy. So I, you know, I do more research, just like, oh, how stupid. <laughs> and I start just playing out how much joy this guy's given. And I said to Jennifer, and I'm going to say it to you I've seen Paul McCartney twice. Okay. So I've seen two stadiums full of Paul McCartney fans. Yeah. I was at the Monty Python O2 show. So I've seen this. I went to the Grey Cup. <laughs> I've been to a Stanley Cup playoff game. Sure. I've been to a lot of big events yeah. that I've seen. This is where I'm getting at. Not the events themselves. But I've laid eyes on millions of people. This man has made many more millions than I've even seen. Yeah. Laugh. And I thought, that is just so cool. He was here. He had a crazy t-shirt that said, I don't know, he was talking about Galliano Island and doing yeah. vacation stuff. Yeah. Talking about birds. Local birds. Local birds. Yeah, anyway, I, I thought that was really. It was fair. like I met him. I met him once before. I went to a dinner. He was at, but he was at kind of the other side of the table. And another person that we know, uh, Marv, Marv Newland, was kind of uh, monopolizing the conversation with him, as you would. And so I didn't. I didn't want to be polite. I, I, I didn't want to be polite. I was too polite. <laughs> but I was Canadian. And I was polite. Yeah. And kind of the opportunity passed by, and so I briefly said hi to him, and I was like, "Oh, if I have another opportunity, I'm talking to him." And so. When our friends were, we invited our friends to the uh, 400th episode, and he was staying with them, and said, oh, we might bring him along. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, that'd be great, but that'd be strange, but it'd be great. But so when he shows up, it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. And I can't then turn to everybody and go, geez, Louise, <laughs> wowzers. You know, and, uh, you know, you got to be like, hey, okay, play, let's. Play it uh, cool, man. Yeah, let's just play it cool. So we're playing it cool. <laughs> Did you find yourself having to play it cool, or were you just cool anyway? I'm pretty cool anyway. You're pretty cool about that? You know me. Yeah. I, do, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Like, who would you see that would make you go, huh? And, like, you would, you would be a little tight. No one? No, I don't really feel... I, I'm over that now. Paul McCartney walks into the room. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Yeah. I mean, if it was a, na- if it was a natural situation where I was just talking to him. Yeah. I'm hey, fine. Dave. I'm fine. A lucky podcast. I'm fine. I would not say <laughs> sure that'd be great, but I wouldn't say the thing is I talked to Nick Park, and I would never say to Nick Park, "Turkeys are dry." I wouldn't like. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I, well, that's why they're so dry. Oh, the yeah. I just like I would talk to Nick Park for quite a while at the party, but I didn't ever say you know what I love your work or anything like that. Would feel awkward to me like to be fanish. 
but to just talk to him like as a person that's yeah that's just fine so we talked about Tintin a little bit we talked about some other things but yeah it just doesn't make me nervous were you were you nervous to talk to him um, I was more as a host, just wanting to make a good environment. Mm. That was it. It was just like, I didn't want to make it awkward for him. Cause I was just like, this could get a little fanish that it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay. And, right. I, and I also, I kept that on the down low. <laughs> and I also knew there were people in the room that were definitely like thrilled that he was there. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to also keep the vibe to a point where like, we're all cool with this. Yeah. So if we're all cool with this, then you'll have a chance to talk to this person in a way that you'll have yeah. a nice experience with. Exactly. And so let's let's do that. And also I knew like we're going to be doing the show downstairs in a bit. And I don't know how that's going to go because that can go weird. You know, I'm going to try and get an actual interview out of this while at the same time making the show what it is. Uh, so here we go. And yeah, I thought it was it was very, very nice. And it was it was very nice to meet him. He was a very pleasant uh, fella? I think the best part of it, though, is that Jason was just sitting there in complete <laughs> no-nothingness. So you know the guy that did uh, the Walls of Grammar. That's cool. You know what I heard about that guy? Bit of a weirdo. You know what I know? That guy. So what was it like working with him? Yeah. So you know weird. what I think? You know, he ripped off Snoopy. This is what I think. He ripped off Snoopy. That's what I think. It's ridiculous. It would be like, oh, I don't realize. I'm a real friend. animation fan, so let me tell you what I think. <laughs> we brought our friend Wally Disney along. Wally Disney, eh? Interesting how they would know a guy named Wally Disney and be in the animation business. I don't know. I, the mustache looks familiar. He's really got a lot of anti Semitic things to say and really hates unions. But uh, fair enough. Oh, Did the voice of Mickey Mouse, I guess, at parties. Oh, and I told him how much I hated uh, Hor- Horace Horsecaller. I feel bad about that now. That guy's a real no, ass. I mean, I remember we, I when he came up, upstairs, when Nick came in and people were talking to him. And, uh, but I wasn't talking to really anybody because I, um, I like most people, I think, that like to be the center of attention and can go on stage and do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I'm terribly shy in actual yeah. social situations. You I had a blindfold on and we're reassembling a gun over and over again. I know. That was weird. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I guess that's that. a better thing to say. Was I particularly nervous talking to Nick Park? No, because I'm particularly nervous about talking to everyone. <laughs> Go. So, so it's, it's an even you know, like I said, it's just even. I'm just, I'm going to be like slightly nervous talking to every person I talk to. Yeah. So just, just saying to him, you know what a funnier ending for that mm. is. <laughs> it's funny. I went and saw it's Christmas time, so I had to go see my mom and dad, which, as you guys know, is an experience. Were you attacked by anybody? I wasn't. <laughs> well, I was kind of an attack. <laughs> okay. This is also the Christmas tradition. This is the Christmas tradition, exactly. What was this Christmas tradition? Christmas. It's okay. We knew it was an impersonation. You're doing a Rich Little over there. <laughs> of, of what? Rich Little doing Foster Mr. Brooks. Mr. Hanky? Foster Brooks. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, this, this is a real k- k- <laughs> Christmas tradition. The So I was talking. Mom's like, well, where, are you, where have you been? Because I haven't seen them for three months, which is, you know, kind of a pleasant thing. But I didn't see them for three months because I've been busy with the coloring. And I said, oh, I, you know... I've been doing the, I've been coloring Sparks right now and uh, going, you know, working. So basically I'm working like two full-time jobs right now. And she's like, what full-time job? <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I work in a warehouse, right? That's a job. Because, oh, I didn't know coloring was a job. The people get paid to do it. Ipso facto, a job, mom. Have you noticed things are in color nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just so weird. Also, the movies are talking. Like, why, why would you want to argue with someone who were, I've been working really hard. Have you? <laughs> Have you been working really hard? Or hardly working. Oh, yeah. What have you been doing exactly? Is that a job? 
And then no, this is a job. That's, that's right. <laughs> this is the most work I've done all. This work. is hard work. <laughs> and then she was talking to me about. Um, I was talking about someone, and I said, "So, well, you know, they have a lot of social anxiety." And she's like, "They do." I said, "Yeah." Because, huh? I said, "Well, you know, they like to like when they're at a party, they'll leave, they'll go to the room and read." She's like, "Oh, I don't see how it cure social anxiety." You don't see how that would cure social anxiety. <laughs> Leaving the scene that's making you anxious and going to a restful place where you can be sit by yourself and not feel anxious. Maybe that's the cure for social. I don't think my mom believes. How does leaving a house that's on fire help you with the fire? <laughs> <laughs> how does that make you or feel put safe? put the fire out. Yeah, that's... Oh, it's just so... Attack, attack, attack. I had... Uh, I went over to my, uh, guess my, my grandfather-in-law's. Okay. Uh, well, we went to my mother-in-law's uh, place. My grandfather-in-law was there. Yeah. And he does the thing where he's like still... Like a slee stack until uh, he <laughs> moves, and then he won't stop. Um, like, a, like a slee stack for for real reasons that aren't funny. But uh, he uh, he just he he always goes on about um, social situations in the world, and that's it. And also, he mentioned that his hearing aid was broken, so he can't hear us. Um, wow. But he but he just went on about how, and it was just this long monologue. Yeah. And the monologue was about how the problem nowadays is that people don't ask questions. People just are talked to in school, and they don't ask questions. No one questions authority. No one questions this. And he did this for a literal half hour without letting us get a word in. <laughs> and I'm like, I just went, do you not get any of the irony of how oh, people just blatantly lecture people and not let a word in? Yeah, yeah. And I see what you're, oh, boy. I see where you're going but with this. But he just needed to talk. So you just nod your head and go, hmm, mm-hmm. yep. There you go. Okay, here we go. He's an old person. He is. Bless him. And listen. it's just like... You gotta listen to them. There are, lesson, there are lessons there, and the lessons are uh, let other people talk. <laughs> just let other people have a, a oh, part of the conversation. I thought the lesson was to not be in the same room that he's in. Like, always just make sure you're in another part of the house. With a the, book. With a book in front of your face. <laughs> I also I also want to have just a little thing when I get older and just go. If I start telling the same story for the fifth time, yeah, let me know. Well, I think Ian, that's I don't know if you, you do a podcast called Sneaky Dragon. I understand. So yeah, it's and after pretty... four hundred and twenty-one <laughs> times, I understand. But it's just all these relatives that will just tell the same story over and over again. And it's just like, oh, just a new story. I know, and just I... a new one. What did you do last week? <laughs> like I know, and I know this story gets exaggerated mm. more over time. And like that didn't happen, and that didn't happen then, and that's not when that occurred. I get it, I get it. But come on, Arr, how do we avoid this? It doesn't feel healthy to like. You don't want to interrupt and go. That's not how it went because that's rude. But it's just like how much. Deeper do we allow this the fake the the bullshit story to go? Because next year it's going to even more, and there's going to be a dragon involved. Like, oh, it's sad. I was somewhere recently, and I because what yeah because what I do is I end up in a in a similar situation with uh, Jennifer's father. Actually, he has a a scant amount of stories, yeah. And so you can almost tell what the trigger word is going to be that's going to bring on on the story, right? And so then you think, well, how do I do this? So I think of the neat question to ask. So I've heard the same story several times. Yeah. But I'll try to augment it. Okay. By saying, mm-hmm. well, how did this happen? And at least sometimes I'll get it on a different track. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of the actual example I have because I know that it happened, but I can't think what it was. But I added something 
like there's something that happens in the story now that happened to me and didn't happen to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and it's but I said, oh, this now it's been incorporated in, and I'm like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> if I'm going to end up in the story as you, fuck it. But I can't think of what the example is, and I'm sorry then. But I, yeah, I, that's what I try to do though. Is I try to steer it. Yeah, I try to steer it another uh, way just it's... to keep me in it because otherwise I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm not a sports fan, for example. So, like, sometimes you get into the situation, the hockey game's on. I will watch the hockey game so that I don't have to make the conversation. You're just like, well, let's see if I can figure this thing out. All right. Here we go. All right. Yep. Whoa. Everybody else made that noise. I'll do that, too. Yeah, we're all playing along. Like, to me, one of the saddest things is this person is very political. Very political. Mm. And they have no idea that their grandkids are political as well. And actually, like, you know, one of your granddaughters is a political cartoonist who's actually had some impact and, you know, has a book out and uh, it's, it's good. It's a good book and it's all this. And, you know, they just will not be able to hear it because they've got their monologue in their head. And there's part of it that you're like, Oh, is this because? You know, you're, they're, they're senile. This is the way it is. And then when you tell, when you hear the story, you go like, no, they were always like this. They always didn't care yeah. what the other person had to say. They always wanted yeah. to just like say their monologue exactly. back when they were young and sharp and peppy. It just, it didn't matter what you had to say. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just such a drag that you can't see that you, you are political. It, this has gone along. You have, you have had an impact, you know, maybe, you know, there's probably not, but you know, they, they would think they would if they could actually hear this a little bit. Yeah. They would be a source of pride maybe for you, but nope. not really. They didn't, Cause that's not what they're in it for. I know. And also he, he was telling a story, uh, that's like a story that he likes to, to, to brag about, which is about well, once going to see a movie with, uh, two friends in, I think, uh, it was in Chile and, uh, and it was a comedy movie and everyone came out and they were all like, ah! It was the greatest movie. Oh, we what a laugh we all had. Yeah. And and he's there. I didn't find it funny at all. Mm-hmm. And his thing was like he doesn't find that kind of stuff funny because that's low. That's low. Uh, you know, and it's it, it, and that's a and he's told this story repeatedly. <laughs> this is a bragging point that like yeah. I don't find comedy funny. Well, oh boy, uh, <laughs> guess what? Your guess what I do for a living. <laughs> I'm a comedian. How about that? And, and, and as I said in the car afterwards, yeah, I'm a comedian. And I'm having sex with your granddaughter. That's what I'm doing. What you gonna do? She's having sex with a comedian. Yeah, that's how it is. Right. How do you I like make that? lowbrow jokes, too. Oh, you're a communist, not, huh? Not well, I make money. That's right. I like money. Plenty of money as much as I like your granddaughter and telling jokes. And that's where I make my money. You're making me mad. That's right. Good. That's well. Actually, that's something Jason and I were talking about. It was when you discover that moment in your life when uh, when we were driving in that the person uh, that you knew you discovered they don't have a sense of humor. I didn't recognize it because they they know when to laugh, but they don't recognize humor. How strange! Yeah, my mom's uh, not really a, a humor fan. Yeah, you're ju- you're like, is this a good thing? Is that you never had the pain that you had to counter with humor, so you ne- never developed the immune they system. It, they countered it differently. I guess so, but yeah, you never developed the immune system mm-hmm. that was I'm gonna I'm gonna work this. Uh, I was like, yeah, but just the idea to me of like. I don't find things funny because no, that's tragedy. That's a person going through pain. Why would I, you know, why would you laugh at a person slipping on a banana peel? Sure. You should feel empathy and then not let him talk when he's on a banana peel. <laughs> you should say to him, "This is terrible that this happened to you." you oh, I need help. Shut, sh- shut up, you. Um, that the society should leave banana peels around. It's just garbage. Yes, but I could really use a no, no, no. Quiet, you. <laughs> These people laughing over there, horrible as they come to help you. Those people who are laughing and, mm-hmm. and you're laughing with them now. Oh, it's so sad. So 
society. Well, I think it's a mistake you make if you, well, a mistake everyone makes. If you like something, you assume everyone likes things that you like or that people are much like you. And you discover, well, people aren't at all much like you. Like some people, they don't actually find things that funny. You know, their humor is, um, it's just a social thing, right? Like they know that it's part, like what they're expected to do. So they kind of laugh, but they're not, they're not a person who makes jokes. Yes. They're not a person that would actually really appreciate you making jokes around them. Yeah. You know? Well, that's all well and good. But anyway. <laughs> sort of yeah. I've had a thing where, like, uh, I'm I, I'm told by someone about someone else that, like, yeah, they don't feel comfortable when people are joking around them because they feel the joke's about them. Mm. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I I actively try to bring them into the joke. And, and I also, like, what what they say i'm like building on it and like no, they're never the butt of the joke i'm trying to like you know what you're saying is funny this is a good story that you're telling me i'm enjoying this yeah no they just feel if there's laughter then they're being made fun of oh fucking hell <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> as things get tough but what, you, what, what being, defense do you have it's not that they're being made fun of it's that they feel left out because they yeah. can't they can't take part in it because they don't have the the mechanism to well make- i think it's because they've had experiences with humor where it's the i'm doing the jokes here i'm the center of attention i'm the joke joke possible but, just, but there's people who the, don't have a sense of humor and it's that is that is true that is true i've just found oh you can dig a little bit and like as long as they are part of it then then it's okay but so many people feel that jokes are let me tell you a joke now yeah. i'm projecting this joke it's basically welcome back cotter it's welcome back <laughs> cotter and it's like did i ever tell you about my uncle whatever Ugh, no and he starts to tell her a joke and the wife doesn't want to hear the joke but he's telling the joke and ah, ha, ha, i told you a joke i win it's a power move on my part and so on it's what yeah. i do to you every week <laughs> Pretty much. You, you take these jokes. <laughs> it sounds like we have people upstairs. I'm just I'm just hearing people right now. Mm. So it sounds like some people have come to okay. you know rob uh, the house to rob the house in a, in a Boxing Day right? fashion. So we're going into the panic room. Now. It's a home right. We're going to go it's right but, behind you, Jason. But before we wrap up, uh, earlier in the podcast, I put a little pin in this. You were saying you were looking for Chef John's eggnog. Uh, recipe. Yes, sir. So let's present that to our uh, our listeners, and then we'll uh, give some questions, and All right. we'll do our final thoughts. If you would like to make some eggnog, here is my advice to you: go to the store and buy it. Yeah, fuck that. You're right. Forget this. <laughs> so or much easier. Take uh, four egg yolks, a third of a cup white sugar, two cups whole milk, a cup of heavy cream, a little bit of nutmeg, and maybe a little bourbon. That's what we're gonna do. And so you, you add some rum to your bourbon. Yeah, you're going to put the egg yolks in a saucepan. You're going to put in a little bit of uh, sugar there. Blend that all up there. Okay. Add your milk and cream. Whisk until blended over medium heat. Is it nice and warm? Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. Let's put a little nutmeg on there. Slap a little bourbon in there. Go to town. Enjoy. Hmm. There's some eggnog for you. Can I leave out the foul-tasting bourbon? Yes, you can. Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, By and, all means. <laughs> and so uh, questions, of, questions of the week. Uh, my my question first of all would be, uh, what's your favorite version of a Christmas Carol? Okay, because there's many versions out there. There's only one version, but okay. Oh, very good. <laughs> Do you have a question, uh, Jason, that you want to ask our uh, listeners? Oh gosh, uh, I uh, does he get one? No, does he, he do questions a week? Two questions. He'll um, probably get one. He says he doesn't want one. Then he always adds a little bit at the end. Oh, is that right? That's a that's the Dedrick style. We're all wrapped up. Wait a minute. What is life? <laughs> I am the Dedrick style. You're right. Oh shoot! No, I don't. That's I, also I, social anxiety. I, you know. uh, have you ever uh, not met a famous person? Have you Have you ever seen a famous person and and been too nervous to talk to them? There you go. Let's go with Let's go that's with that. Going to yeah, be good yeah. anecdotes there. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. No. No, I haven't. <laughs> Very good. Then why don't you wrap up the show, my friend? 
All right, everyone. I, we got so, Boxing Day sales to go to. That's true. We do have Boxing Day sales. To go. Don't they seem less thrilling now that A&B Sound is gone, though? Yes. Like, didn't that feel like the centerpiece of, of Boxing Day was to go to the, rec- the record store, A&B Sound Records, where they had their 30% off sales? Get in the lineup. Get crushed. Yeah. Like, that was... I don't didn't do that, but... Uh, cause I remember when I was at Boxing Day one year when A&B Sound was still a thing, and my cousins were going to get up at 6 in the morning to go line up at A&B Sound on oh, Boxing boy. Day. Oh, boy. And I was like... What kind of horror is that? <laughs> that you're getting up at six in the morning to go line up outside a store? Ugh, this is that sounds like the worst experience in, in the world. Like getting up early, getting up early for one. Thing. Yeah, first yeah, of all, getting up bad. early. Yeah. Yeah. that's we all agree that's terrible. Yes. Then add to that, standing outside in the cold, waiting for a store to open. Yeah. So you can get something marked down. Like I just don't understand it. But anyway, there's my question. <laughs> <laughs> what was the point? Have you ever? <laughs> Have you ever lined up outside a store for something? Yes. You have? No, well, yes, I have, actually, but okay. yes. That's A&B like... Sound, actually, yeah, but not that long. Not that long. Okay. I, I did at least an hour and a bit in the, yeah. in the cold. I have to admit, I have, too, but not for myself. I did it for a friend Aww. because they wanted something, and I went along went along for the ride. I almost did just this blast back, past Black Friday at PetSmart. I got a cat scratcher. But I stayed in the car and did not go in the line. And oh, okay. missed out on a $20 gift card by not standing in the line. So did you send your cat in? I should have. Get in there, Lucy. You're going you're gonna to scratch it. You're gonna... Don't give me that shit. <laughs> you stand in line. You wait here. Hold the spot for me. You come there and she's like way back. I told you to stop. What are you doing in the back of the line? Meow, meow, meow to you too, cat. Your is... monkey eye. You think I'm going to clean out your fucking monkey eye? Let's <laughs> get real real. Let's explore yeah. this further, everyone, in our, our cat encounter it's section. Excited. Session. You can contact us the following ways. You can go to our website. It's called sneakydragon.com. Yeah. You will find our comment board there. I'm glad you're doing that because I often like to do the, the, cow, the cat meowing part to the show. So thanks for you for filling in for me. Meow. 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 Uh, so you'll find a comment section there. You're welcome to leave comments. You can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We're on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon, and we are on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. If you like the show so much that you feel like you can give us a dollar a month, you can go to Patreon, and we're there as Sneaky Dragon, and you can pledge a dollar a month, and uh, it helps to keep the lights on here at Hell Kitty Studios. How many lights do you think are off in this room that should have six? Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's a question of the week, everyone. <laughs> We're halfway out of lights. That's a question for this. Um, are, are we? What is it, the lights are on, but, but nobody's home. home. My elevator yeah. doesn't go to the top. That's right. Anyway, thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> Happy Boxing Day from the Dedrick family, and also from Ian Boothby, who is a adjunct adjunct member. Of I'm the changing Dedrick my name Boxing to Dedrick. Day. Thank goodness. Yeah. Streamline this show even more. We got a good one, finally. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You, we don't insist on that. No one deserves to be a Dedrick. I don't mean that as a good, as a snobbish thing. <laughs> anyway, we advise you, please, uh, right after this, go watch Rich Little's uh, Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. All right, Jason. All right, Dave. Time oh, to say goodbye to it's the It's going to be the Dedrick best Christmas ever. Day. <laughs> boy, boy, what day is it? <laughs> Not you, the handsome one next to you. Hey, I'll go. Keep walking. Would you like a Christmas goose? You know what I'm talking about.
Circle gets the square. <laughs>